Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pioneer Podcast. Boy, I am excited today. Uh, as always, I've got Ross Marion with me, but we've got a very special guest today. You might have already heard it. You might have guessed correctly if you wanted to know who it was. But Todd Anderson, welcome back to the show. Oh, is that, am I supposed to uh, hello? Yeah, I mean, you, you could say hi. Oh, hi. You, 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 could, you could yell. I don't know. You could give me a roll, Todd. All I don't right. know. You could do whatever you want. All right, here it goes. Here it goes. You ready? Toddy's hungry, dude. You can't do <laughs> that, though. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. All right. Um, all right. I'll, how about this one? I got this one. I got it. Okay. I got it. Uh, take two. Roll, Todd. Roll. There we go. Right, not bad. Uh, go, go Tigers. But uh, yeah. Anyway, that's um, fine, dude. I I'm not even rooting for Alabama. And I'm rooting for uh, me. Look, look. Okay? Since you have Roll Todd, can I get can I get Go Tannins? Yes. And then, like yeah. It'll yes. Be D-A-U-X. Talk yeah, to Cole Espero. Talk to Mr. Cedric Phillips. See if he'll sponsor yes. the Pioneer Podcast yes. and get you a Go Tannin shirt, dude. Yes. How insane or go would that tangents. be? Yeah. Or Go Tangents, maybe might be better. Tangents. What is that? Because, like, you know what a tangent is? Like, the a math term? Well, it's, like, it's also uh-huh. a, a verbal cue. Like, if, if Ross and I are talking about a subject, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, Todd, just a man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. And then we talk about, yeah, and then we talk about something else. Like, you know, we take a, a veer to the left and talk about that for, like, 10 minutes. We took a tangent. Right. right? But do you not it's know It's tangential. Where... It's tangential right. to the conversation. Yeah. Sure. But, okay. That's, I will let it go. You are sure. right. <laughs> like, next, right now. Next, like, next, yeah. next, next. This this is a tangent. <laughs> All right, that's fair. All right, yeah, it's a tangent right. defined by awkwardness. Anyway, Love me. it's 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 like it's it's like brought together by awkwardness, right? Like it's it's held it's molded and held together well, by the I mean, super glue that is awkward silence and. We have a ton more people on the show other, than normal. So you know? yeah, yeah, we have the we have the normal flow of one of you know just Ross and I. And now we have you and. Uh, so I, I probably should announce this beforehand. We're doing this show live on Twitch on yeah, yeah. both Strong Sad and you know the stream on, on Todd's stream and on Ross's stream. And I have my puppy sitting in my lap, so everybody at home can enjoy the beautiful, beautiful visage that is uh, Benny here. And uh, for everybody listening at home, because uh, we are going to put this out as like our normal podcast type thing, you may hear us kind of reference some stuff. It might sound weird one time or two, so just know that it's because we're on video and we might be talking something like that. So, but. Uh, Todd, what have you been up to? Uh, you know, we've all been quarantined lately. What have you been spending your time on? What's been helping keep you sane? Um, honestly, Warzone. That's <laughs> Call of Duty Warzone. I've been going super hard on that the last couple of weeks, uh, playing with you a bunch and and a bunch of the uh, Magic players from from around the community. Uh, Shaheen Sarani, Scooter Two Two Two, aka Eric Johnson, and a bunch of other folks. It's been a blast. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had a bunch of fun with it. Uh, Ross is too good for us to ever play a video game with us, but Ross, what have you been doing to kind of well, keep yourself sane lately? I would consider playing video games, but I will not play a first-person shooter. I don't enjoy I don't, them, and I, I am wanna, horrible. I don't want to support the military-industrial complex of brainwashing of the today's youth. I won't do it. Plus, I'm, I'm really lie, bad that's... at it, and everyone makes fun of me because I'm really bad at it. Yeah, basically. I'm like I don't Nailed when I it. describe myself as like awful at something. I don't know if I'm like first person shooters might be the thing I'm absolutely worst at, like in the world relative to the rest of the population. Okay, I mean that's it's fair. Man. You don't got to be awful. good at stuff. Yeah. I think I've told this story on the on the cast before, but I don't know if I've if you if you've heard this one, Todd. So um, 
uh, one of the last opens that I played in was the one in Vegas, the team event where Ross and Brendan and I played. And Ross and I went up a few days early to like kind of hang out. And uh, some of my friends in Vegas, they have a full wiffle ball field. Like, I mean, I'm talking ah, a full baseball stadium. It's a stadium. It's a stadium, right? Yeah. And so nice. we were playing, and Ross shows up. And uh, did you have to wear pants or shorts? I can't remember. I, I was in pants. We, we showed up right from the airport. Right. That so was he's thing. in pants, and he's wearing, like, loafers. Like, like penny loafers. You know what I'm talking about? Like, dress yeah. shoes kind of thing. And he like played. They don't have, like, they don't have freaking well, shoelaces, right? Yeah, they he just, just, yeah, he just didn't. Slip, yeah. slip on walking shoes? One, yeah, they like, had laces. They were cap toe Oxfords. Cap toe Oxfords. Okay. Okay. Would a rich person right. be like, okay, would a, would a rich white person be like, that's a nice shoe? Yes. <laughs> like, I, if he was I, getting interviewed for a job by like a 60-year-old white man, he would get a compliment on his shoes. Does that make sense? Okay. So anyway, Ross decides to play, like we play multiple games, and Ross plays the entire time in these shoes, right? And I already had like low expectation of Ross as an athletic person, no offense, Ross, but... Some, um, some take yeah, it. Like, like some <laughs> offense, dude. That's like pretty... No offense, but you're a giant piece of shit. And I hope that you, I never have to work well, with you again. But no, but I said no offense, so it's fine. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it was more like we're all really out of shape, right? We're not in our prime anymore physically. And, like, we play magic. And, you know, even me out there, like, I was uh, way less than I expected, you know, kind of thing. Like, I, I definitely felt it after the first, like, ten minutes. I was like, man, I'm like, more winded than I thought it would be. But Ross held his own, and he was, like, actually surprisingly athletic. Like, he never missed the ball badly, you know, like, every time he was pitched to. He, like, hit, like he was one of the better players out there, and it was he was surprising. It's kind of like, I feel like if you played a first-person shooter, you would figure it out maybe eventually. Like, yeah, maybe you're bad at it. You're probably not as bad as you think. You probably just play with people that are, or play to people that are very good. So, you're, comparatively, you're I mean, like, I, way worse. I've never actually, like, tried to be good at a first-person shooter. They never really interested me to begin with. So, so I never... Was it, was it because of the... The military industrial complex. I mean, this is years before I was radicalized, Todd. So, (laughs) sure, sure. What there's a lot of where there's a lot of ways you can fix your first person shooter game, and the most important thing by like a mile is mouse sensitivity. Most people when they're on the computer, they move their hand like very little because they have the mouse sensitivity like really high. So you just don't have to move your mouse a bunch. And so when they try to play any sort of computer game, their movement's like all over the place whenever they barely move. So what you got is you just got to turn down your DPI on your mouse. And then like, honestly, it'll make it like so much easier to play like any video. I've also literally never played an, an FPS on a computer. I, I mean, the first one I played was at PUBG like three years ago, you know? Come this on. is very new for me too, but yeah, well... I'm just saying my inability to play first-person shooters certainly can't have anything to do with my mouse sensitivity because I've never done that. Well, you know they make controllers to play on computer, and a lot of the best players in the world play on He never played any right? shooter at all. He's, oh, no, he's any? a bum. He's a bum. He never yeah. played Halo, I, man. If you don't I've, play Halo, you're done. I right, certainly have. I've played Halo before. I've probably played, you know, 20 to 30 games of Halo in my life. I've right. played a few. Yeah. Yeah. Played a few. Orders of magnitude less than you two, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I've picked up that in my lexicon, by the way. So, like, I say that now, even when you're not around. The, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what is that from? Is that, like, just remember. your thing? You're gonna have, you're going to have to ask Callie. I don't remember. It's it's some, it's some from, like, a... It's, like, Archer, maybe? Pam sometimes goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, that might be, oh, that yeah. Might be right. Have, have you been keeping up with Archer, by the way? I haven't watched the last, like, four seasons. Um, Archer is still I, on the air? It yes. Is. It's the just last starting a new season. season I like watched, now. I think, was the one of the dream seasons where they're yeah. on the island. I saw the island episode. I think uh, I stopped episode. like right before that. 
there was like a PI season and there was like a, uh, I don't know, 50s noir season. That was kind of cool. Talk about your propaganda for the military industrial complex. Gosh. Oh, shut it. But that anyway, shut This Just is a, shut the fuck You're up. the one who brought it up, Todd. I don't bring it up. But if you're going to bring it up, you're the, the can of worms is open. Nice. And it's fair game. That's my oh, rule. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah, it's from Super Mario RPG. Because when Mario, sometimes when he does a thing, he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that game was, the one for Super Nintendo, that game was lit. That game was so good. But speaking of what we've been doing to keep ourselves sane, I've actually been, you know, watching a decent bit of television. But I've been, um, I'm not done with it yet. And Todd, I don't know how far you're into it. But uh, Umbrella Academy Season 2 just came if out. You, if you say another Oof. fucking word. Almost. Propaganda. To God. I'm gonna slice you up, dude. Just full I've of seen, it. Like two episodes. I'm not. I'm not saying anything about the show. I'm just saying I'm enjoying oh, it so far. Okay. So, yeah. No, I'm enjoying it too. Me and Callie, soundtrack is gas. Oh, absolutely. Me and Callie have watched like two or three episodes so far. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Definitely okay. loving the show. Let's so hear far. your That's propaganda good. thing about fucking Umbrella Academy, dude. Let's yeah, go. I don't know the details of that one. It's just a very common target of derision on leftist Twitter right now. You know how, like, Stranger Things just turned into anti-communist propaganda in, like, season two or three? I mean, that's just because they had, like, the frickin' full-blown 4th of July yeah, shit. Yeah, but, then but they like, also, every, like, every show does this. They just turn it, like, it always morphs into that by, like, They have the three. Red Scare somewhere in it, like... Yeah. yeah. Apparently, yeah. Umbrella well, Academy okay. is here, here, here it is, Ross. In the very first episode of the season, there's an alternate timeline thingy, right? It's, a, it's within oh, the first yeah. three minutes. There's an alternate timeline thing... Where Russia invades the United States because of some shit that did some timey wimey stuff. There's like other than that, I've watched like two or three more episodes, and there's like they barely even mentioned Russians at all. So you know. But there you go. Okay. Yep. There it is. Yeah, not like the Cold War ever actually happened, and neither was like gonna do anything to the other country or whatever. Or something. Yeah. Hey but Ross. There's a, there's a clear aggressor in there. Hey Ross. How's the NBA doing with its bubble? Mm, very well. Nice. Much better, much better than the MLB, which has yes. 15 new cases every day. Yeah, and, and I mean, cancels Major 15 Baseball is a complete games. shit show. Yeah, when football starts up, that'll I'm sure that'll be a complete shit show. But have basketball you, is handled it well. <laughs> have you seen like the standings for the divisions right now? Like, like, like a, a good example, if I remember right, like the Braves are like seven and three and like leading their division right now, but the Phillies are like two and one. <laughs> like they've only finished three games other people are on like game 11 because they're like yep all of our games for the next 10 days are just canceled <laughs> and we're gonna have to like do double they're having to do double headers that are like seven innings long now so they can just play as many of them as they can in a few days and stuff so it's it's getting bad um i don't expect it to last the month but we'll see like they're gonna try to let florida play again uh sometime this week they haven't played in this week, week and a half or something yeah, they're saying this week. Do, yeah. do, but, how many healthy players are on the team? Four? No, they've. <laughs> I think that's a good. I think that's a good guess. It's four. No, they've been at like teams have been just giving them players. Like they're like, here's some some guy that's alive and can throw a baseball, or here's some guy that's alive and knows how to swing a bat. You it's, know, it's like, like when you show up to the rec league and one team is like two yeah. players short. And they're just like, ah, you play with them tonight. We want to get a game in. Before yeah. I go back to the wife and kids, you have to, you have to see like the short white dude with the goggles and like the the socks up to his knees, and you're like, "Come on, man, you're you're getting in here, you're <laughs> post up," you know? Can I can Get I call up some minor leaguers? I guess. Yeah, I mean they're doing whatever, like they're doing whatever they can. But some of their guys, like you don't want to put your good minor leaguers in, maybe because like it starts their service time, and then you have to start paying them real livable oh, wages. Oh yeah, again, everything boils down to money. Yep. Yeah, yep. Of course. So you have to do all that stuff. So. Anyway, wait, like, um, wait till I tell you about the N NCAA and <laughs> how they treat their players. It's 
they're they're at least they're at least not the NCAA. They're at least trying other people other than the NCAA or whatever. But they're at least trying. There's there's a I expect those kids to get paid within the next ten years. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay, we, we've we've bantered for a while. Why don't we officially start the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually about to just go into that. So um, for. Anyone who hasn't heard the news or anything today, um, we did not get an announcement of an announcement this time. In fact, we got not even an inkling of an announcement, but... We just I got woke beat over the head with an announcement. Yeah, I got beat over the head with an announcement. I wake up this morning, I uh, look at Twitter, because it's always like the first thing I do, let's be real, and I see a couple reactions to a photo. And at, at first, I'm skeptic, because I'm just like, there's not supposed to be a banner restricted list announcement today. And it's the, it's the typical photo. Your brain knows the photo I'm talking about. You know, Ian Duke's face is in the corner, and there's words, right? <laughs> there's some you know, writing. Yeah, yeah there's like, some writing. There's four short sentences or no sentences, and then a block a paragraph of why they yeah. didn't ban anything for six months, even though attendance was trash, and no yeah. one gave a shit about the format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the picture. Quite yeah, exactly. Well. And... I just I see it from some source that like I'm like oh well I'm not sure if that's real or not but I click the link and it goes to the wizard site. There was a banned restricted announcement today, uh, unbeknownst to anyone outside of Watsi, and so uh, I'm gonna, it's I'm gonna probably go unknown this to most of the people in Watsi too. I yeah, I mean like yeah, let's be real, they don't talk to each other anyway. Um, outside of the three people that decided to do this after having a really horrible takeout lunch from the rent and Applebee's. Yeah, Applebee's was Applebee's was closed early today, guys. Sorry, we we got we got on the ball. All right. So speaking of Brawl, let's go to Brawl. And Brawl had a banning today. Teferi Nobody gives a shit about Brawl. Brawl next. Okay, well, hold on. Historic. Historic. We'll go into that. Uh, Look, wilderness Reclamation and Teferi. I'll rephrase. I'll rephrase. I don't give a shit about Brawl. Next. Okay. No. How about this? People care about Brawl and banning Teferi is ultimate good. Yes. Banning Teferi in every format is the goal. We're, get, we're getting to that. Because the next form we're talking about is historic, where wilderness reclamation and Teferi got banned. Um, nice. I don't like. I have seen that one tangentially coming. been following the format lately, right? Like I don't play it a lot, and it doesn't look super great to me after seeing the results from this weekend. But this looks like a step in the right direction. I don't know why Field of the Dead is still legal in this format because every time I see every good deck, it just has Field of the Dead in it. But Teferi and wilderness reclamation being taken out of that seem like a good step forward for that formation. Formation for that format, which seems like a cluster to me, but we'll see. Don't worry, Muxus is still there. Field yeah, Muxus is still, still there. running. Around. Yeah, feel, all right. Um, here, here's a good one. If you like Arena and you like playing Magic on Arena, which I do. What if I, I hate I like Arena? arena every, um, we okay, just Boomer, despise we know you it arena. with every fiber of my yeah. being. Well, you have to use it more. And here's the good. Here's a good part. You get a fresh format. Standard had four bannings today. Standard had four bannings today. Uh, the aforementioned Teferi is gone from Standard. Uh, that's something I think a lot of people have been asking for for a long time. Uh, Cauldron Familiar is banned, so no more Cat Oven. And then here's the two big ones. Growth Spiral and Wilderness Reclamation are banned in Standard. Uh, these are two cards that you've seen in practically every single deck list for the last six months in Standard, especially if you want to win in the format. Uh, how do y'all feel about this? Are y'all excited about being able to play Standard again? Maybe see some new interesting stuff going on? Or are you just worried about Wynota taking over? No, no, it's certainly really good for Standard, especially with, with how many tournaments we're playing because of the SCG Tour online. So, it, you know, normally people don't care much about Standard at this time anyway. So if it's kind of broken, they just sort of, you know, let the two months run its course and then we have a new set. Well, you can't really do that right now because we're playing so much Standard because of all these online tournaments. The focus online means the focus on Arena means focus on Standard. So, you know, that's why the band came. And if you read the, you know, Ian Duke's, four sentences 
that was one of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, certainly a good thing. What I want to know, though, is what are the odds that Cauldron Familiar is unbanned before it rotates out of standard? Because call, this feels a lot like the the uh, Rampaging Frostodon ban from two years well, ago. I, I think it's a little different than that. It's not just a preemptive banning and the fact that I think they're banning it just for, um, like, fun's sake. Like, it's just really miserable to play against. The experience of playing as that deck is really, really bad. Todd, you look like you really want to join in here. Go ahead. Yes, I just, I really don't want to talk over either of you. But, but the re I, I guarantee you the reason they banned Cat is for click lag. Like, I'm not talking about, like, the program gets laggy or whatever. I'm talking about having to physically click in a game so many fucking times is is exactly the reason why uh, Culture Familiar was banned. I, I actually think that, like, if you're going to do a hard reset of the format, especially now, getting rid of Cadova makes a lot of sense because the old, like, Mayhem Devil engine is just super fucking annoying and just invalidates, like, a ton of different creature strategies single-handedly. Uh, yeah, and on top of that... That's the point that I think is important. Yeah, but on top of that, though, it's just... There's just too much. It's just too much value... And it's too hard to interact with. Like it, you like most of the time you can't even like exile it from the graveyard with scavenging news because it can come back because there's just food floating around, and like, you know, if you just like have shatters in your deck or whatever, they still get one use out of it, and you and all the shatters are horrible. It's not like you get to play a braid in this format, you know. And so uh, like here's a, here, here here's a cool thing, right? Like. I kind of said, like, yeah, you should have done this six months ago. I would have loved to at the least seen it before, like, the player's final so they get a new, brand-new format to kind of mess around with and have fun with. Same. Here's the cool thing. You do get to play with this, right? And like Ross said, there are a ton, ton of tournaments coming up, so that's at least something positive, right? Like, I love this. I think it's really cool. I've actually been a proponent of it in the, in the past where uh, Ross mentioned there's, like, this little month, month and a half, sometimes two months, right, before rotation where... Standard gets kind of stagnant in the fact that not is it only, like, kind of boring because, you know, you've been doing the same thing for, like, a year or two now, but, like, there's no tournaments, right? Like, there's nothing going on. There's nothing to really play for. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of a proponent in the past where I'm like, just unban everything. Like, just let them go nuts for, like, the last month or two, especially if they still ha have their cards and stuff. You know, like, let them play with everything. Let them have fun. And, like, now we just get a brand new format, right, for, like, a month or two. And I'll tell you this. I have not played a game of Standard in months. Like, actual months. And I probably will now. Like, there's a, there's a good chance that I will. And I'm, I'm excited to play a, a new format, you know, grind my gold, you know, keep getting my daily challenges done and, you know, maybe actually get out of bronze or whatever. What's the, is bronze the bottom? That's yeah. The bottom. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I would know I'm there Shameful all the time. bronze. Yeah. I, I, I finished bronze every, every season for the last couple of seasons. I'm always like mythic bronze. Like <laughs> I, I log into to magic arena like once every three weeks and like have an itch to, to try my hand at the ladder and I'll play like one match and then I just like get off. You can't do it. <laughs> just, yeah, you just can't do it. Realize oh, why you haven't logged in for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, I don't want to doom and gloom because this. I think that banning Wilderness Reclamation and Teferi and Gross Spiral when they all have less than two months left in their like seniority or whatever, like they could have just let them ride the clock out, you know. But instead, they chose to give us a fresh format uh, with three, three, you know, uh, like three weeks of tournaments in a row straight, maybe more, like six weeks of tournaments straight. And we get a fresh format. And the fact that they did it now when they could have chosen to do nothing and no one really would have even cared and everyone really expected them to, to just let it go for another month and a half or whatever uh, means that they're actually just like taking aggressive steps to make the game more enjoyable. You know, they're giving us a ton of wild cards for it and they're making the format better. So they're also just responding to the pressures that this current situation has put on them, right? True. As I said, like, uh, you know, 
the fact that there's more emphasis on standard right now than there normally would be at this time of year is a huge part of why they decided to make this decision uh, and essentially say like better late than never. Uh, and if we weren't in the world that we're in right now with social distancing, uh, this wouldn't have happened because we wouldn't have many standard events. The SCG tour paper would be all pioneer and modern and team events. And, you know, there'd be very little focus on standard and, you know, nobody would really care. So it really is the fact that we're in a, a unique situation that led to this happening. And, it, you know, it's good. It should have happened earlier. And really, like, I I still, it's weird to me that, the, you know, the last two years have been so insane in terms of bands. Like, it, I, I'm, I was a little, ha- you know, sort of happy to see Corset 2021 not be, you know, as powerful because I was hoping we weren't really moving into this new era where every set is just, you know, ridiculously overpowered. That's the new norm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if that's not the new norm, then it, you know, you have to ask the question of like, how the fuck did y'all fuck up so much in the last two years? It, you know, just every set printed some ridiculously busted mythic, you know, companions, Uro, Oko, uh, Field of the Dead, all of this shit. Like, you know, and has anything changed to actually combat the, you know, real source of the problem? Have you made any adjustments to how you're designing and developing these sets to try to ensure that this doesn't happen again? Well, because that's a question we can't answer for years, right? Like, yeah. We see the well, I mean, they could years. announce like the last time we had some bands they announced that they were doing the whole like play play testing team, and you know, apparently that doesn't really do anything and is just being they don't actually play test. Yeah, like yeah, and so you know, obviously they're just frequently going to blow smoke up our ass. So. You know, there's not a lot they can do to actually, you know, uh, create consumer confidence here. But that that's my issues. Like, yeah, like you can ban the cards eventually. That's fine. That's good. But I would like to see a period where, like, you know, we go five years without having to have a ban. Maybe six months without having to have a ban, you know, would be a good place to start for standard. You know, other yeah, formats I think should be, you know, managed differently. But standard, you know, it's a real big problem if you have to ban a card in standard because the idea is that rotation is what keeps it fresh. So it has to like you know make a format stale within a very short time frame, and the fact that that has happened over and over and over again for two, three, four years straight is a huge problem. Yeah, I mean you're getting kind of band fatigue, right? Like you know you're just tired of I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing about it all the time when it comes to standard and stuff. And it's like I just just either get it done or tell us that you're not doing anything. You're like ah, this is how it's going to be, you know, kind of thing. Um, pretty funny thing that happened this morning. So this, as I said, this guy, this happened this morning at the announcement, I don't know, like nine or 10 my time or whatever. And one of the, uh, like SCG things had fired. What, what do they call the little qualifier events? For, yeah. One of the challenges that fires morning, cause they, they, they fire like every two hours, right? It's like 10 noon, yeah. two, four, six or something. And so somebody was in an event with reclamation and like the announcement happened and arena updated and their decks just banned in the middle of the tournament. <laughs> Do y'all remember that uh, Alex Hayne tweet yes, from like exactly. six months ago? Yeah. You, oh man. You're hoping to make it through a tournament without your deck being banned. It gets banned in round four. So you're allowed to have a sideboard of 75 cards to board into a different deck or whatever or something. It was yeah. so good. I need to find it. I should have found it for this episode. But as soon as I was saying that, I, I started thinking about the, exactly that tweet. It's so great. But mm-hmm. we've kind of buried the lead a little bit here. Um, you know, I'm excited about these changes uh, for standard, for historic and brawl. I mean, like, you know, I'm sure it's good. It's not really for me. But you know what really is for me and for everybody else in this cast? There were four, count them, four bannings in Pioneer today. And 
I'm just gonna say this. We've been calling for this for a long time. Everyone's been calling for this for a long time. Yeah. It's ridiculous yeah. that it took this long. We're being very, we've been very vocal about it. Like Todd yelled about it a lot a few weeks ago on the show and it finally happened. And Todd, I don't know how, if you're as happy as I am. I know I saw a smile on your face. Oh, the I had 200, time. dude, I had 200 subs on my channel today. Okay. I am fucking ecstatic. We, today's, my stream today. Yes, my stream Holy today shit. was unfucking believable and it's 100% because people want to watch me have fun and when the cards are cool and good instead of stupid and bad, I have fun. All right, and, well let's talk about yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the exact cards that get banned real quick before you you know we go on this. Um Underworld Breach is banned. Kind of kind of surprising that that's the card they took, but you know, whatever, just Every makes it card easy, is right? banned. Underworld Breach is banned, Inverter of Truth is banned, Basic Forest hey. banned. Hey. Divination banned. Hey. Zenigo's the, the Reveler banned. Hey. They're Ross. all banned. Ross. There are no cards left. Let Tenet go over the ones that are banned, man. This is sure. for the viewer. This is for the viewer. All right. Well, he got he got to screw up the order that I was going to go there. Inverter of Truth is actually banned. Um, this is I think this is the most divisive one that we'll talk about. And I mean, we can just go ahead and talk about this a little bit. A lot of people didn't want to see this card banned. They didn't want to see that deck get banned. Right? They said either nerf the deck. Or leave this one alone because oh, the win rate's 49% or whatever stupid numbers they were looking at. And a lot of people were like, this is the most fun I've had. This deck's great. But I'm kind of with you, Todd. I think it's horrible for the format to have that deck around at all times. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Four months ago, if they had been like, okay, Inverter's winning every tournament, uh, we're just going to ban Dig Through Time because Dig Through Time has been a problem in the past. It is a huge part of the deck. It gives it the consistency. But we want the deck to still exist. What happened was they waited four extra months. And when you shove a deck down my throat for four extra months, then just fuck you. Okay? Just fuck you sideways. Get it out. Just get it out of my face. I don't want <laughs> Inverter Truth anymore, ever. Okay? People are like, oh, a bit. That's, that's really what put it over top. Big fucking deal. You know? Ban Inverter. The deck doesn't exist anymore. It's done. It's over. I, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Anybody who wanted to ban Thassa's Oracle, I I just don't, I can't even come close to understanding why you think that was okay. And I, while I understand the arguments for banning Dig Through Time, I don't actually, I don't think they actually are valid in the context of Pioneer. Like, Dig Through Time is not a broken card in Pioneer. It is a broken card in Inverter. So why not let people play with Dig Through Time, because that card's really fun and still good in the format, and just ban the stupid fucking Inverter deck, you know... And anybody who's saying, like, Dig Through Time has a history of this, it's like, yes, it has a history of this because of Fetchlands. Again, like, the reason Pioneer is a great format is because it doesn't have Fetchlands. And that completely changes the entire complexion of how Magic operates. More so than people are still, even years after the fact, willing to admit. Because Fetchlands are stupid and shitty. And whoever's idea it was to make Pioneer the no-Fetchland format, they should get a fucking raise because they're really smart. So... Let people play with their fun dick through time. Don't let people play with this asinine fucking combo that is impossible to fucking interact with. That's the that's the part I don't didn't like about it. It's like you oh, okay, your 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 deck is a creature combo deck. The two combo pieces are creatures, and yet somehow my removal spell doesn't do anything. Yeah, nothing. Actual factual nothing. You have to literally bend space and time to interact with inverter. You gotta play shit like Collected defiance, things that wheel your <laughs> opponent. Like, like that's that's the desperation mode we were in. We were like playing the mill land because it yeah, randomly yeah. stole games. And the, the moment that became a main deck land because of inverter, 
and they didn't do anything about Inverter? I was just like, of course this two gun is warping every deck. People are playing Ipnu Rivulet. Fucking Ipnu Rivulet and their mono blue deck. I was playing what? two copies of Is It and Soul. Just get it. Right. Yeah, because like, it's free. And we've seen a, a, a pedigree of like that happening and something getting banned. Like, you know, I, I the comparison is always made, but if you just look at Splinter Twin, right, and like what it did to Modern and the cards that people had to start playing in their main decks and in their sideboards because it warped the entire format around it and you just played it at such a high percentage point, you find Inverter. Like you find a direct parallel to this deck. And I'm not just talking about like the two card combo that it literally, you know, people are like, it is Inverter. Like it's the same, you know what I mean? You get what I'm trying to say here, but like, you, you've had this precedent of it, and then you just you just didn't do it. Like, you just left it alone, and you just kept trying. It, it's almost like they wanted to make a point. You know, like, yeah, y'all are wrong. Was, we want everyone We're to quit, quit the format. That's it, it's, the fucking point. I just keep thinking of the, the damn Simpsons gif. It's like, am I wrong? Am I out of touch? No, <laughs> it's, it's the, the children kids that are wrong. wrong. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, I just think of that gif every single time. I see something, it's like, no, we've actually kind of been right. Because here's the thing. Even if you are technically right, or best kind of right, whatever you want to say, technically right that it is okay, look at what it did to your format. Todd just alluded to it. The format died. Like, people stopped playing it because it was so awful and so much, like, just miserable to play against that your format was literally falling away. And obviously, COVID had a huge piece to do with this, right? Like, us being stuck in our homes had a huge thing to do because there's no reason to play the format, and that's a big problem, too. Uh, okay. No, no, no. I got you covered on this one, Chief. Okay. Uh, they, you had huge reasons to play. There was a PTQ every fucking week on Magic Online. There was a there was a Pioneer PTQ every week, and about two and a half months ago, they stopped firing the super PTQs that have super good prize pool and like pay out the top sixty four, and it needs one hundred and twenty nine people to sign up for or whatever. Stopped firing. And the moment that happens, and you don't look at the format and say that something needs to change. You are fucking up. And they they let it go for two months. I'm not gonna let it, I'm not gonna like go on some big, you know, spree here because I basically did this last time I was on, like a month ago or three weeks ago or whatever. Um but today they did it, dude. They did it. They literally banned four cards. That's so many cards. Yeah. It, it's so weird <laughs> it's so to me many. that the, like they spent they've spent the last, you know, six months basically outside of that one month where companions took over. So five of the last six months, they spent with their fucking fingers in their ears going, blah, 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 nothing's wrong, Pioneer's fine. And we've been, you know, yelling at them and begging them to make changes and, you know, get rid of these oppressive strategies. And then finally, it feels like one day they were just like, okay, is that what you really want? Is that what you want? Okay, okay. And then they just ban everything. It's like... Like, it's like a kid, like, begging their parents for, like, pizza, and then they make the kid eat, like, six pizzas. It's like, okay, you really want some fucking pizza? And then you just, like, shower them with boxes of pizzas. Like, this is a little too much. Is that how you get Papa John? Mm. Is that, did you just tell us the The, the origin story of Papa, Papa John's? Yeah, exactly. No, you get um, Papa John's by topping cardboard with wax. All right, anyway, so, Gross. like, like, Gross. <laughs> like I, I just got a really bad mental image, but... Ross kind of alluded to it. There are two more cards that we haven't mentioned yet. So we are under, with Underworld of Breach and Inverter of Truth. The next card that we're going to talk about that got banned is Kethis the Hidden Hand. This is a pretty quick banning, and this one kind of surprised me a tiny bit, though I understand. You know, this is the deck that we talked about, like, hey, this was good, what's going to take over, you know, after, you know, the the, the bannings last time and with everything going on, like, with um, Oath of Nyssa coming back, we're like, we could see, you know, Kethis doing well. And yeah, it kind of did, right? There were some results. There was a couple top yeah, 16s. It won a challenge. It won a challenge. But nothing like 
drastic. But the problem is we don't have enough, you know, we haven't seen enough tournaments and maybe with their internal stuff, they saw that the win percentage on this deck was just way too high or it's kind of like the preemptiveness that we've seen happen before in a few bannings, you know, kind of like the Ferrostodon ban that went along with standard uh, about, what was that, two years ago now, two and a half years ago. And, you know, they were like, well, you're, you see the theme of the card so far, like Underworld Breach, Inverter, and you're going to see another theme with the fourth card, is that they're all parts of combos in the format. And they're like, look, if people really don't like Underworld Breach, they really don't like Inverter, they don't like these combo decks reigning over the format, let's just kick all of them out. Anyway, right, I, got, that, I had a perfect thing for this. Ready? Go for it. A later, bitch. <laughs> all right, all right. I like it. I like it. So, <laughs> but it, so the, this is the one that I think kind of gets me. And uh, there's a comment in my chat here from Bizarre Haze that I really like, and they, they say that I get inverter having to leave. I'm fine with that. But can we, can we stop the rhetoric that combo is evil and no one enjoys combo? They just killed every deck I think is interesting. A pioneer. I don't want to have to play Uro midrange mirrors every game now. And that's that's my issue with where I think that they overreached a bit. I think I can that handle this one too. I can handle this one super easily. <laughs> the inverter combo is asinine because it's just so difficult to interact with, and it gets to be played in a shell that has a ton of disruption and you know card draw and all of this stuff that gives it resilience. So my issue is not with combo decks in general, and I think most people's issue isn't with or if they say their issues with combo decks, then their their ire is misplaced. But the the real issue is with combo decks that are so clean and so lean that they get to be put into these shells that have a fair game plan alongside of them. And that often happens with just the two-card combos. Those decks aren't particularly interesting. You know, it's just find your two cards, you know, interact with your opponent as necessary and win the game. Whereas decks that are that are built around an engine, uh, and Lotus Breach would be in this category. And, you, you know, I, that said, I, I think you can make a, a case for banning some section of, of that deck. But Kethis is also in this category, and we really just have no precedent for banning Kethis with how little, you know, it's barely had time to be around in the format, um, much less, you know, dominate or warp the format. These decks take a lot of, of actual, like, effort to build around and make them consistent enough to perform at a high level. And with the case of Kethis as well, there's a lot of different interaction points with that deck. You know, Graveyard Hate's good against it. Things like Damping Sphere are good against it. Tax Effects. And Creature Removal is fine against it. Like, you, you can target their Kethises and Discard Spells. Basically, every part of every kind of interaction is going to be pretty good against them. Whereas the Breach deck, I think you can make an, an argument around its resilience being problematic. Where, like, you know, people put Graveyard Hate and Discard Spells and Counter Spells in their decks, and it really wasn't good enough. And all you had, all you really could do to neuter the deck was Damping Sphere them. Uh, or, you know, and, you know, decks that had the traditional disruption on a clock were better, but if you didn't have a fast clock, you really just had to shut them down with Damping Sphere. Uh, but Kethis, like, is, in my eyes, a Ross. combo deck that is good to exist in a format. Ross. Hey, Ross. <laughs> Ross. Yeah? Can I talk now? Yeah, I'm done. Nice, dude. All right, here we go. Uh, ask this person point blank. All right, I don't remember the name. Have have they ever actually played Heliod Ballista? Like, is that the combo deck they're they're upset about getting banned? No, no of course not. It's the Underworld Breach, one hundred percent. To my response is before Underworld Breach, Lotus Field was the best combo deck in the format, and a lot of people still played it, and it was still very good. Very few people played it, and it was not very good. You are you are out of your mind, dude. It was so fucking good, and then everyone started playing like four Damping Sphere in the sideboard. It was. 
it like it was an incredible combo deck and it still is very good and it's incredibly consistent now here's the thing the card underworld breach specifically made discard irrelevant right before when you were playing this combo deck you play a couple of discard spells you take away their their combo pieces whatever the the engine of lotus field could not be interacted with right the the lotuses themselves and every other card was either mana or card draw and lotus and then the the underworld breach allowed them to basically just recoup everything and kill you immediately after you played all these discard spells so you had to couple disruption with a very fast clock which constricted the format significantly the other side is that these combo decks the Kethis and the lotus field they're combo decks that literally take like 10 minutes to win like 10 minutes of your opponent sitting there doing nothing. It doesn't take that long if you're Shut confident. Shut if uh, like if you're on Magic Online, it takes that fucking long. Okay, I've had I've had to, I've literally like gone and taken a shit. Like come back, they're still mid combo, dude. Like it's just it's asinine. Like just kill me, right? The two card combo of Inverter and 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 Thass Zorkel ended the game quickly. That was the only good part of that. Not being able to interact with it sucked. The rest of the combo decks that have been running around have just been so fucking annoying, and I'm if so you're dead, glad just they're fucking gone. concede. You can concede at any time, it's, unless it's something like eggs where it's non-deterministic and you're really like looping through your deck a lot. Like it, the Kethis deck does not take very long to kill, nor did Breach really. Like it, it took you know, three minutes, three minutes of your time. Okay, Mister. Uh, all right, you know. Yeah, okay, I play both decks, Todd. Okay, yeah, poorly, I'm sure. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> but the, my point is that, that, like, if your if your problem is, is with Heliod Ballista, I think that's fine. I think those kind of two card combos are very uninteresting. Uh, but the engine based combo decks are super interesting, both to build and to play against, because it's not it's never the same of how you disrupt them, because you always have to figure out like what resources they're short on, and you know it actually creates for uh, interesting gameplay and interesting decision making on both sides. So I like engine-based combo decks. I dislike two-card combo decks. That said, I actually, I was hoping that they would ban Lotus Field instead of Breach. I think Lotus Field is the actual asinine part of that combo because it's not, you can't interact with it. But Unrolled Breach is also just a broken fucking card. So, you know, get rid of either or. That's fine. I, I, I'm upset that they got rid of Kethis. Okay. Well, you can be upset that they got rid of Kethis, and 99% of Magic players will be happy they got rid of Kethis. See, I'm I'm happy overall, because you know, I'm not a big combo fan. Like, I don't like this stuff. I will say this. It might have been a little preemptive. Like, maybe we could see, you know, what it looks like and then, like, have it on the chopping block in the next, you know, few weeks. You know, like, let the format happen. You know, because the deck has really been in the sun for, what, like, a week? Even though there's really been no events for it, you know? Like, but, but... I can see why they did it, and I'm just happy something happened, right? And you heard Todd allude to the fourth uh, banning that happened today, and this one's also a little bit of a surprise, but it makes sense if with you know when you look at what else got banned. Walking Ballista is now banned, and I'll say this: Is Walking Ballista the most ubiquitous card played in the history of Pioneer? I think it is. I think it's the card's played in the most different decks I in the history. Of probably put Thoughtseize ahead of it. I don't know. I, I think Walking Ballista might have been in more different decks than Thoughtseize. Was, was Walking Ballista in decks outside of Scales, Green Devotion, White Devotion? I mean, like, some decks, like, when... Especially the beginning of the format, when, um... When, what do you call it, combo copycat was... was yeah, uh, legal? you can't, like... like I, I would call that We've also seen, exception. like, the Delirium decks have it in there. You know, Delirium every form have of one, mono green... True. Every form of mono green has had it. Um, 
Like any deck with Nykthos, like any ramp deck, and then even some of the mid-range decks have had it. You know, and yeah, then the, the mono green ramp decks with like Nissus Pilgrimage and stuff definitely played four walking ballista, and it was mm. super good in those decks for sure. Yeah, they haven't always done that. And so I'm just saying that like this is th this card they're, getting banned. They're Simic with Uro and Seder Rayfinder and Ugin. <sighs> I okay. played the deck. I'm talking, I played I'm, four. Yeah, I'm talking about like the beginning of the format. You know, like when when everyone was playing the land, Sanctum of Ugins and shit like that. Like walking ballista is in a lot of different potential archetypes. Just because it wasn't in them like. It, within the last three months or whatever, doesn't mean anything. It's it's a it's a very good magic card. I, I I don't think it's you know I think it's above the level to be banned on power level. It's just a very very good magic card. Um, and the the mono honestly, as annoying as the inverter combo is, I think the mono white one might be more annoying because they're just playing like a pile of shit, and you're sitting there like <laughs> trying to attack through their goddamn fucking pillow for it. <laughs> knowing that, like, eventually you're going to break through and they're going to die. But eventually they just get to, like, 12 mana, and they're like, okay, I cast both of these. And once again, it's two creatures, and your removal spell does nothing. Yep. Like, can we stop printing, cre like, creature combos that somehow removal does not interact with? Like, you can Abrupt Decay the fucking twin combo. The fact that my Abrupt Decay or my Vraska's Contempt even, like, just doesn't do anything against either of these... All right, if you think that they intentionally made Thassa's Oracle to combo with Inverter of Truth, you're, I mean, that's not, that's just Oh, they, they certainly didn't intentionally do it's that. Just no. an it's just, it was just an accident. Yeah, you know? a happy that, accident. It was just a happy uh, yeah. accident. Wait. And, wait. and then same, same with, like, Heliod. When Heliod's printed, I'm, I'm sure they weren't like, oh, yeah, this would be perfect for modern combo. Like, yes, now they're going to have this awesome two-card combo in every Collector Company deck. That sounds wonderful. No. It was just a fuck up, and they could have banned Heliod, but like, you watch the shit I did to people at the Invitational, Ross. You watch me yeah, make, is make a messed up a, magic card. Yes, you watch me make like an 8-8 Ballista on turn three all the time. And like, yeah, you could argue that like a turn three Ugin, Spear Dragon, or whatever is just as impactful, but that's just not true because Walking Ballista is fantastic at every point in the game, and it continues to show up in so many decks because on rate, it is one of the best magic cards ever printed. The fact that it's part of this two-card combo, right, is just another strike against it. And I am fine banning it instead of Heliot. And I said as much in my article about this entire banning process three weeks ago. In fact, I kind of nailed it on the head, actually. And I really think that you're going to see more of it going forward, especially if like, you think the format's going to go to a lot of like aggro mid-range decks. Like, it's good in both those formats. I mean, it's good in both those matchups, right? Like, it's an early blocker that can kill a Landwar Elf in, like, in the mid-range matchups, or like can block and maybe pick off a creature against like mono red or something. That's, that's, that's a card that you want in all yeah, these decks. And it will like, take it's over good. the late game in any creature yeah. matchup. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like a pretty reasonable threat against control decks even because yeah. it pings down planeswalkers and attacks them and you know, it's they have to deal sink. with it. Yeah. It's a okay, mana so sink. You do, so, you, so, yeah. so you agree. Like it is, you do I, agree. It's I think extremely on, good against everything. Yeah. On power, I told you the card, it's a very good magic card on power level. It's fine to ban it. And I think that combo is asinine. I'm fine with getting her to watch. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I thought, see, I thought you were just like doing the whole. I'm just gonna be a hugely no. staunch defender my, of the. My only issue with this ban is the ban of Kethis, and I think it comes from a misplaced demonization of combo decks within the Magic community. And everyone derides combo decks for being, you know, unfun and uninteractive. And the problem is that when you get rid of an entire axis of playing Magic, you make an 
you simplify the metagame down to just fair archetypes, you actually create a more narrow metagame. Right, because if you're only allowed to interact in certain ways, then the decks that are best at interacting in those ways just become the best decks. And normally, the way you stop that kind of mid-range fight is by ignoring it and being a good combo deck. But if we end up coming to a format where we have mid-range decks that have enough tools to beat up on aggro because they play fucking Uro or because they're the they, they can win the, the mid-range mirrors by just pl- casting a Niv-Mizzet, but their Bring to Light also gets them their Supreme Verdict against aggro decks, and they playing Oath of Kaya's and all the anti-aggro cards that Niv-Mizzet plays. Like, I kind of worry that we're going to end up with a format where those decks are just far and away better than anything else you can be doing, and, and there's be. no way to check them because the combo decks have been neutered so badly. Whereas a deck like Kethis Combo would create space for more aggressive decks that have a little bit of disruption to be good in those matchups, but maybe be a little bit worse in the mid-range matchups. So I don't want to close off that axis completely, and it feels like that's what this ban did because certain combo decks had been asinine and dominating the format for many months, and it created a backlash against combo in general, and that backlash is misguided. Now, I I definitely agree with you, like... 100% 100% overall. I think I think it's yeah, okay right. to have... Well, I think it's okay to have a combo deck, but, like, not the ones that we had. And, like, maybe Kethis is the one, you know, kind of, you know, said this earlier, maybe Kethis is the one that we, you know, the hero the format needs to keep yeah. the hero, uh, to keep the format great, because, Kethis like... Kethis is a great combo the, deck to have. It's really difficult the, to play with and yeah. against. It, it can It is resilient in certain ways, but you can interact with it in many different ways. It's just sweet. Like, we got to play with fucking Diligent Excavator. Yeah like draft chafe you know like and stuff so i i think it's interesting because like the you know we're not sure what's gonna happen in this format right but we can kind of see where it's going and it does look like it's actually just going to be classic magic in the fact that it's just aggro control mid-range right and like you you may have a, a combo deck still get thrown in here because like you know rally the ancestors you can kind of argue as a thing there's a few other things go ahead todd before we move off of Kethis, I, I didn't get a whole lot of chance to talk about this specifically um the gameplay that combo decks create where it it's a bunch of actions all over the course of like one turn i just so fundamentally despise that type of gameplay because it just makes one person sit there and like you can Same. argue that it's a healthy meta game and that it's part of like that that combo deck specifically is like okay for the format as far as power level is concerned but i don't care I don't want to have to sit here waiting for my opponents to finish masturbating. Okay. Like it's just, it's not fun. And you know, I, it's just not dude. And that's literally what people do when they play these decks. They literally just try to take, like they have you killed like five times over, but they're trying to just get the extra remand grape shot for the fricking uh, poster dunk or whatever. So fuck, like, fuck you. You know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't have time then for this. Concede. Okay. Ross, how about this? Sometimes you know you're dead. It's not, but sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're not, and you gotta wait. Like, mo- like, did you ever play against Ironworks? Ironworks wasn't deterministic for a long time, but it was like 98%, and I used to concede a lot of 2%ers, and people around me would get really mad at me for giving up the 2%ers or whatever. So, no, I'm not just gonna concede because you chose to play a deck that's super fucking annoying to play against. I'm not gonna do it. And the fact that it's gone, it to me, means that they have the foresight to understand that that's the exact type of gameplay that has been so incredibly fucking frustrating for the last six months, dude. 
that gameplay has only existed out of the breach decks, so that's <laughs> that's only a, a small part of it. But okay, if I want to I want to ask you a question though, Ross, and like this is kind of where I was leading it. If that's what's happening, like if this is the way the, the format shakes out, and let's let's just say that you know the Niv Mizzet deck doesn't just become the end all be all, because I do think there's a chance that like Yorian Niv Mizzet could be like very 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 good. But let's just say like the mid range decks are good, right? And then like the control decks come in and start going over the top of them and start beating them, which means like maybe the aggro decks can start getting in underneath these control decks that are playing like three mana counter spells, and they're like, well, I've already dealt you eight damage before you can cast one of these, like LOL kind of thing. Is that a bad thing to have that as a format? And I get it. Yeah, like we, okay. Like I feel for the person in your chat that said they just cut everything that is cool to me in, in Pioneer, right? Like they, they cut everything out of it. I get that. I feel for you. I really do. I understand where you're coming from. That sucks. Like they made what you're good at not good. It's kind of like for a little while, I felt really lost in Legacy when they changed, when like, you know, Ren and Six and some other things were, were legal and it just became these like, weird control matchups at all times. I'm like, well, you took away what I was good and what I enjoy about Legacy, so now the format's not for me anymore. That's okay. I think it's okay to have a format where we don't have degenerate shit going on all the times. Like, look at Modern right now. Modern is pretty freaking fair. Like, when I look at it overall. Yeah, like, games are pretty, you know, crazy sometimes. Like, you get Stone Rained on two or whatever, you know, but, like, these are fair magic cards. Like, you, you have something in your deck that costs three mana that kills a land. You know what I mean? Like, you have these things that, like, you're playing magic as it was intended. And I'm kind of with Todd where, like, look, I get it. Some people like combo. I find it fucking miserable to play against it, to play with it, to watch it on camera. I think it's, it's so horrible. Fun. I think it's bad for you. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm saying, is it so bad that we might have a format where they don't have that? And, like, I get it. Like, some people want it or whatever. But, like, just go play one of the other four formats. It's got it. Go play Commander where you get to do it on, like, turn four. And so I'm not Popper, saying anything bad about Commander. Legacy. You know I mean? Yeah, go or, play Legacy. Yeah, yeah. go attack some of the people on turn two. It also still exists. This, that deck, like, Lotus Field still exists in the format, man. Fucking try a little harder. Underworld Breach was a freebie, dude. It was literally fucking Yawgmoth's Will. They just re they just printed a two-mana Yawgmoth's Will. And it was one of the most incredible cards of all time. They banned it in Legacy in five days or whatever. Like, it was just immediately gone. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm not arguing that that deck need to stay around. Yeah. I'm arguing. Yeah, I'm you know, not arguing at you. Yeah. I'm saying that this idea that combo decks are like I just don't understand where you two are coming from. That combo decks are miserable. Like playing. You just don't one, like them. Like it's a personal. It's a personal opinion. Like. <laughs> like, yeah. like what do you mean? Com where, combo decks are the Ross, most dude. interesting thing that you can do in Magic. Because okay. if all I wanted to do was play aggro midrange and control nonstop against each other, you should just play limited. One second. Like, one that's second, what you do with second. limited. And it's, and it's fun. It's, I like limited. And I'm good one, at it. One second. One second. You said it's the most interesting thing you could do play Magic. You teamed with Brennan DeCandio. You have watched him play some of the best matches of Magic I have ever seen in my goddamn life. Right? Like, literally, start to finish, turn by turn. Like, it was, like, better than watching a good movie. Right? Like, watching him play. And it wasn't because he was comboing off on people. It was because it was back and forth. Like, yeah, the decks but, were going uh, back and forth. Combo like, matchups can be back and forth where, like, agreed. you disrupt them and then they agreed. have to recover. Yes, like, they can. But it's it just, okay. It just doesn't look the same. Yeah. Like, you just, you just okay. have to reframe how you analyze the game that's going on. But every time you say, well, just, like, the, there's a lot of, like, common refrains. And I'm not saying either of you were do, have done this, but... The common refrains about combo decks are that, you know, they're mindless or, you know, 
it just like I don't have any control over the outcome and that's just like not it's just not true if you actually play through the games and the games yeah. are often very interesting it just plays it just looks a little bit different because the combo decks are different and we're, you know, the people that support combo you know some of the people in this chat and me you know, we're not arguing to have formats where combo is like all you can do or the best thing that you well, can do. Well, that's what this was. We're ar- yeah, it absolutely was for Yes, for, for five and, and I agree that or... many of these combo decks had to go. But we've gotten to... I'm afraid that we're at a point where there just isn't a viable combo deck in Pioneer. And that I think that makes for a worse format overall. I, mean, I want a I format where that. combo is part of a healthy metagame. And it seems to me that the, a, lot, a huge portion, if not the majority of people who are anti-combo want a format where combo basically does not exist and you're you so full of shit dude you're just so actual full of shit like first of all you read boring ass books about actual history okay like you read <laughs> non-fiction history books okay you're yeah. you're one of the you're one of the driest people i've ever met so the things that you enjoy, maybe perhaps take a step back and understand that that's not what the majority of people actually enjoy. Okay, you can enjoy combo. You can have it every now and then. That's fine. But as but a like treat. six months, six months of that. Uh, in, in I'm not saying this last day. six months was good. It was bad. Okay. Cool. That's fine. All right. Continuing. Uh, I you know I don't even remember what I was going with other than that. But like. I get what you're saying, but Lotus Field does just exist, and it's still fine, if not good. And also, now you just get to explore the format more. You know, like yeah, there's just more this stuff. Overall, to try. was very good. Look, don't you know? Don't mistake my my reticence on one aspect of it for not saying this was a very necessary action to take on Watsi's Park. Okay. It's very good for the format. I'm okay. very excited about Pioneer. All of that is is still true. Okay, before the unban of Oath of Nyssa, no one played Kethis, right? What yeah. do you know? Do you know why no one played Kethis? Because they fucking banned Oath of Nyssa, and then when they unbanned it, the very first weekend, it won their tournament. The one tournament that they got to have. They had two challenges. <laughs> it won one of them. It put sure, one in the dude. top eight of the other. It I'm not going to argue fucking pedantry or whatever, dude. I'm literally just saying like it. The moment that they unbanned Oath of Nyssa, it won a big tournament, and like the gameplay is very reminiscent of things that they're about to ban. So like just taking it with them. A pre, like basically preemptively just saves a lot of heartache and a band down the line, dude. They're just literally starting fresh right now. Just let them do it. Yeah, and like, I mean, I can't stop them. That's fine. You know, <laughs> I understand why it happened, Todd. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm not gonna, saying I'm I, like it's it's implausible that it happened, but I wish. And this is less honestly. Like my rant here is less about this specific band announcement or any of the decks that have existed in Pioneer, and more about this irrational hatred of combo decks that exists in the magic community because (laughs) combo is to me the most beautiful thing that you can do in magic. Like it's, it's cool when you have a fun aggro deck with a nice curve, like, you know, figuring out that curve is important, a really, you know, huge advancement in magic theory from Paul Sly uh, and uh, whoever worked with him on that, because I think it was somebody else that developed it and, and Paul just did well with it. Um, but you know, you know, there there's you know cool interactions in these mid range decks, especially like Delirium has has the cool graveyard stuff going on. You know, all of this is fun, but ultimately it's just based on you know, uh, you know, tempo and and on um, and on card advantage. And there's a third axis to Magic. You know, Chapin called it the philosophy of fire, but really all combo decks operate on that axis as well. And it's just ending the game without much caring about 
card advantage and tempo as they exist in a fair game of Magic. Because in a fair game of Magic, those two things exist relative to your opponent. And with uh, when you're playing combo deck, it's really like relative to, uh, you know, achieving the, the combo or g- going off. And so it forces you to like really think outside the box and reframe the entire game of Magic within a new context. And that's very, like, to me, that's very interesting and very fun. And it breaks up some of the monotony that exists. Because, yeah, like, you know, your, your matchups change a little bit here and there based on how the specific cards interact. You're like, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I want threats X, Y, and Z against red removal and threats A, B, and C against black removal because they match up well. But that's answering the same question, you know, with slightly different circumstances. When you play against combo and play with combo, you're asking completely different questions. And that's the really fun part of it for me. Especially after, you know, playing Magic for 20 years. Like, how much do, two, like, two different mid-range battles, matchups, like, they don't change that much, right? You're trying you're trying to find the best threats to gain card advantage and put some pressure on your opponent, and you're trying to have your removal line up well against your opponent's threats. So, like, go through your gatherer search or your scryfall search and find the right removal spells for the matchup and find the right threats for the matchup and put them in your deck as best you can. And, you know, play your threats appropriately. You know, to me, that's not very interesting. I hate fucking playing mid-range mirrors. I hate playing mid-range decks. And yet, somehow, like, we've gotten to a point where that's the popular thing. I, f- I feel like, 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 uh, because the, I feel like this is the same thing that happened with my beer tastes, right? IPAs are super popular. Everybody has IPAs. And I literally just want anything but an IPA. I don't and somehow, like the entire rest of the world is just like, no, nothing but those. And we're the same thing. I'm like, anything but a fucking mid-range deck. And everyone's like, what if we just have the format is nothing but fucking mid-range decks? I fucking hate mid-range decks, okay? okay. I hate them. All right. I think we, yeah, I think we figured that one out. I think we, Tanning, I think we would got you to like to talk, dude? We've been monopolizing all the time, man. I'm sorry. No, no, it's, it's completely okay. I mean, like, I had a, a thing for us to transition to, and I kind of lost that train of thought. But I think the thing I'm saying overall, and like Todd's saying overall, is it's, it's not that we don't think combo should exist. Like, we're not saying combo should exist. We just don't like it, and that's fine. You like it, we don't. That's fine. We're not saying that it shouldn't be a thing in Magic, but it's obvious what happened in this format was really unhealthy and not good for the game. Like, what happened to Pioneer, you know, not just because of the COVID stuff and, like, not being able to play in paper and just not having tournaments was a fact of, like, the format being kind of bad overall. And I think I think you do have a healthy format when some combo decks are in it. I really do. I, I think... You know, you always, I've always said, you know, uh, standard is really good or a format's really good when there's, there's a good mono red deck, right? And then there's a control deck that, that has to fight against it, right? Because then that means there's room for mid range as well, right? When it goes and all that stuff. So when you, it's the same thing is true is when you have a a good combo deck, but I don't think it's a good format when you're like, I want to play Pioneer this weekend, which combo deck do I play? Because there are no other choices. And that's where we got. Ross is making that, that point. Ross very, we went too far. Yeah, we're, we're making an argument about exactly where the needle should be, right? You know, yeah, no, yeah. We all agree that we went the needle went too far for Pioneer for the last six months. And I particularly dislike the just the two-card, you know, uh, you know, set it and forget it, Ron Popeil combos. But, you know, en- engine combo to me, you know, I, I've played Storm and Elves and Legacy for years. And, uh, you know, I've, I've played some other combo decks o- over my time here. You know, Dredge to me is also sort of an engine combo deck. You're, um, you're the type of guy. You're the type of guy who would bring a couple of six-sided dice so that when you start your combo turn, you get to start keeping track of how much mana you're floating. You're that. You're I, that I, kind of. I'm actually the guy that just announces it the entire time and never writes anything down. Yeah. So, 
I, I think to kind of like answer your question or like give an answer there is like <laughs> I, I'm pretty okay with the combo decks where like your entire deck is devoted to it, right? Like you have yeah. all these moving parts and then like you have a payoff, right? I'm kind of not okay with the ones that we saw in Pioneer where it's just a mid-range deck that has this game-ending effect somewhere in it and can yep. play any role in any matchup. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, Completely that's not agree. okay. And, and that's Inverter and that's Heliod Ballista. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, and so like I'm okay with these being gone. And I think this is good because here's the thing. Um, when, when I woke up this morning and I read this, this is probably the most excited I've been for Pioneer since its initial few weeks and like the Monday bannings, you know, when you're like, what's good this week? What's good since, next week? It's like I'm the season two invitational. Yeah, uh, I was excited. You, there you go. What time do you think I woke up this morning? Uh, my time or your time? My time. Uh, 10 9 a.m. I woke up uh, at like 9.15 with Callie wait, like basically shaking me awake saying, hey, guess what? Guess what time I was streaming by? <laughs> 10 a.m. I, I was, yes, I was 100% streaming for 10 a.m. I'm pretty sure I was streaming at 9.45 this morning. I woke up, took a shower, like got dressed, and then came and turned on the stream. I was so ecstatic, dude. Marshall so, said 9.16. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I woke up this morning. And uh, I have a I have a text to Ross Merriam at nine thirty four in the morning with they did it exclamation point we need to have an, op- an episode today maybe have Todd right at ten thirty eight a.m. so this is when he woke up why today there's a, there's a pause there's a pause <laughs> oh, two two, two minutes, minutes later, later oh holy shit <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, ju- I just saw and so I was like yeah just get on Discord let's chat now like let's let's get this shit let's get the shit on the road let's get the show I going. slept in this morning assuming I was gonna wake up and struggle to have a topic for an article for this week and then instead I woke up and was like everything is free mm-hmm. yeah Cedric Phillips also took uh took vacation this week LMAO <laughs> <laughs> and so you know I was, I was talking to, I was talking to Ross about this and this is like kind of where we can transition next and I was like oh what are like the big winners of this like you know we, the losers are obvious like what are the big winners like what are the decks that we're talking about and everybody has their own opinion like oh this might be the best deck coming out of it right away and I just kept listing decks that I'm like oh these decks got unbanned quote unquote unbanned yeah they're playable again now and the list just kept getting longer and yep. longer yep. and longer because like I'm looking <laughs> at it I'm looking at bug I think bugs a big winner right like yeah. the deck that we kept talking just, about like kind of disappeared yeah Uro just Uro decks. I do think you're going to see Wynota decks, which is another problem that we can maybe address at some point. But that deck, I think, is going to be very powerful. I think it's like, I think Naya Wynota might be actually the deck. Like, if you have a big Pioneer tournament coming up, you want to win the challenge this weekend, I think that might be the deck to do it. That, if that's, pl- that's, and, and if you're playing, uh, you know, Pioneer this weekend, consider Graphickers Cage in your sideboard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's, it's super good. Wynota. Yeah, it's great against Winota. It's great against a bunch of the graveyard decks. Like the, there's like Dredge with Silver Smoke Ghoul running yeah. around. There's a lot. That's of, what I wrote about this week. Right. I think that deck's a big winner. Yeah, uh, and like that points to to my next my next point about Cage is I think one of the other winners and like one of the big ones that you're going to see a lot of this week and next week is is Mono Green. And what flavor of Mono Green is it? The Ty Anderson Mono Green, where you're casting, you know, you would be casting a Ballista for eight on like turn four or whatever. Or are you playing more like the Aspiring Spike? you know, four mana, you know, million planeswalkers, mono green control type deck. And while I think a lot of it's good matchups went away, here's the thing. Having Karn find answers like cage game one against some decks is pretty big game when you're backing it up with like some big plays and stuff like that. Like that's pretty good. You know, Ross, are, are you going to bring Abzan Rally back? 
like you know like that's a thing too yeah uh, so the, that's just another graveyard deck you know abs and rally could be good i i honestly think the does Sultai it rally deck. get around cage is that one of the cards uh does, no it rally it's does not in? it's living in it does right yeah living in gets around cage yeah. and like todd like i, I kind of skipped over it, but like what flavor of green do you think is going to be the one that comes out of this uh, I would say that the flavor of green that is the big winner is going to be Bant Company. Oh, or, wow. I didn't expect Bant, that. Or, sorry, Bant Spirits. But, but okay. yeah. And I, I guess. At this point, I would Azoria Spirits over Bant because I think Lofty Denial is great. I do, I do think that card is good. I, I'm going to eat my, uh, I'm going to put my foot yeah. in my mouth with that one. I do think that card is good. I think that deck's great. Have y'all heard um, the nickname for it? What's that? Mana Beak. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. It's, it's a little bird, on the nose. Because of birds. You get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you yeah. if you heard mine when Todd. I think it's a little on the nose. But, ah. uh, <laughs> but that, that also, deck in particular, I think, gets significantly better because we have a metagame where five mana spells are unbanned. Before, you just couldn't cast five mana spells. Exactly, right? combo decks. Here's but now, my other... mana leak is a lot better when people are casting five mana spells on their main phase. So Spirits is a big winner. I have a, I have a Dark Horse one. Well, I was going to say, here's my other, here's my other like pick to click this weekend, whatever you want to call it, like other secret thing that I, th- I think could be a big winner and like come out and I think win. Tana might be taking mine right now. Yeah. Team or wreck. Nice. Oh, that that one. That's another one. That was not the one I was thinking of. The one, the one I have is the Simic Ramp deck with Ugin. So it, you play Seder Wayfinder and uh, Cavalier and Uro, and that package really helps you out against the aggro decks. And then you just go way over the top. Of the mid range decks with Ugin and Ulmog. And I, plays I can, like Mrs. Pilgrimage, it. Arboreal Grazer. Um, you know, it, it look, could, that deck looks really cult, good. To me. You could play Cultivate now if you want. Like, that card's legal now, so you can it, go get an you, island. You have Uro and Pilgrimage as your two, three mana ramp spells, and you don't really need more than that. You can play Nissa in that deck. Uh, there's a lot of good things going on there, but like, it could never beat an inverter deck to save its fucking life. I mean, we can go in more in depth. I'm thinking about decks like Fires. Like, I think Fires is a deck that, that could come up. Golgari Aggro, Sultai Dredge. You know, I saw Todd playing that a little bit today. He did some really cool things. There's some decks that just don't interact well with Graveyard I've, decks. I've got a cool list of Sultai Dredge in my article tomorrow. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, the Niv-Mizzet decks, I think, are going to be very, very good. I've said this for a while. I think Niv-Mizzet, possibly Niv-Mizzet Yorion, with some stuff like that, is going to be very good in this format. Agreed. We talked about Spirits. I mean, like, I'm super excited. I do think Scav... I, like, I kind of want to play a deck with Scavenging Ooze this weekend or a deck with counter spells like if i was going to be playing in this format like you know i'm looking i'm leaning towards like blue white you know the blue white uh spirits decks or i i like the bug deck i i don't know i i like that kind of play i don't really like it's weird i don't like jund very much but i like bug for some reason i don't know yeah well i mean the 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 bug decks the sultai decks are all i mean they're they're fun to play like i you know i i hate euro whenever i'm playing aggro deck but when you're playing with euro it's a very powerful feeling and and the deck itself is just quite good it's interactive uh it has a lot of built-in card advantage with it has a, a toolbox engine if you're playing the traverse versions like there's a lot to really love about the sultai decks because they they are so malleable to to basically uh shape them however you want to attack the format yeah, and uh, honestly, uh, I would I would have Sultai as my number one target, I think, for this weekend. I think it's going to be among the most played decks, if not the most played deck. Uh, and it's particularly good at beating aggro decks. So, I, you know, a lot of people, I think, are going to default to trying to play aggro because they think, oh, new metagame, people are trying out new things, aggro will be good. I actually think aggro is going to be bad this weekend because there's going to be so many Uros around. So things like, you know, 
mono red, uh, like the the burn deck that's been doing so well, even after the companion nerf, like that same Laris burn deck has been, you know, a pretty good deck in Pioneer. That's something I would steer clear of. I think mono black aggro, which has been popping up a lot recently. You know, that deck is so, like, it's so well-rounded enough that it's never going to be that bad, but I think it gets significantly worse and certainly does not want to play against Sultai uh, very often. Um, and I think if you're going to build an aggro deck, you kind of have to go big. It kind of reminds me of the days when Standard had Thraktusk everywhere, and so the aggro decks had to be a little bit bigger and go to, like, Thunder Mahalkite and get these, like, big chunks of damage in. So that's, you know, where I would look. You know, if you want to build a red deck, I might try to go, like, Rabble Master Embercleave. Oh, a red deck, you say? Yeah, I, yeah. I perhaps have a few thoughts on this matter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, tell you I, what, I, I, save, he, save those thoughts, uh, Todd. I have a little something for that later. And, uh, you know, my issue with, with like, Mono Red, like you were playing, and I mentioned this in your stream, is that it, it just doesn't deal with Uro very well. So I would mm -hmm. I would look to Rakdos and, and play Disintegration and Scrounger. I think that works really well. And Scrounger is a nice card to have access to when people are playing more creature removal. There's going to be a lot more creature removal around in, in this new Pioneer metagame. So uh, really a, a lot to look forward to here. But um, I, I think it's pretty clear that Uro right now is public enemy number one. And yet, since public enemy number one is Uro, right? And then possibly these decks, you know, I, I think Control comes back, Ramp comes back. Um, you know, these decks that we've talked about, you know, Niv Visit, you know, relying on these powerful, powerful, like, five and six drops. A card that I talked about, uh, Todd wasn't too high on it, but you and I talked about it a little bit, is Agonizing Remorse as a card for this format. Well, you know, it's a two-mana thought seize, right? And you lose one life. But the ability to exile the card that you take or to exile a card from their graveyard, I think that this is something that, like, the flexibility of it, if the format doesn't have, you know, a bunch of super fast decks punishing you for playing a two-mana card like this, I think this is a card that could be pretty good in this format. And, like, to answer it, you know, because you and I came to the same conclusion. Like, we needed an answer in, like, the red deck uh, to answer Uro, and there are not many good ones, and so maybe you're supposed to play Black. Like, maybe you're supposed to play Rakdos. And Todd just hit me with Ferocidon. I was like, yeah, I kind of forgot about that one. That one's pretty good against Uro. I mean, it's still a fucking 6-6 six is drawing cards every turn. Yeah. It's still a really good card against them, though. Okay, as someone who has played a shitload of Mono Red, um, like... Rampage of Frost is fucking bonkers against it. Like, it's so good. Like, sometimes they bring back the Euro and they're dead next turn. Like, yeah. because Frostodon has Menace and dealt them an extra point of damage. Like, you know, if, if like, when you're on the play and you play turn three Frostodon, sometimes you're, you're just cleaving them on four and that's enough and they're just stone dead. You know, like, there's a lot to really like about the Monored decks. They're, they're pretty good against uh, the field. And if you go a little bit bigger... You know, that, that could be uh, uh, the direction. I don't want to get too much into it, but, yeah. like, for, for I, us... I agree for that Frostodon is a very good tool um, and, and something I would definitely play if I was playing a red deck this weekend. Yeah. So, 100% uh, agree there. I don't think it's enough, especially when you're playing against things like Sultai and, you know, Niv-Mizzet decks or whatever, the decks that can answer your 3-mana three 3-3 three, three pretty easily. Yeah, I think the key is what we used to do where we we force them to kill our two drop. I think we have to play something like Young Pyromancer or just something like really powerful on two that if they don't kill it, they get immediately punished for it so that they have to like main phase abrupt decay. And then that allows for Rabble Master to be really good and it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off of your Rampaging Frostodon. I don't know exactly how to build it yet. There's a lot of moving pieces, but like I mean, if Heroes Public Enemy number drop one, exist? Does what? Does that two drop exist? Like you mentioned Young Pyromancer, but I don't think that's going to be good enough because there just aren't I mean, enough good spells. I mean, there's like, you know, you get to play at least uh, eight burn spells and four 
giants if you want. I mean, that's like it's not a lot, right? But it's like fine. And and if you're just like complete, like I, I'm literally playing Karizev because there's like literally nothing else, right? Like that, like it's I'm at the bottom of the barrel. Karizev is not that good. I see Runaway Steamkin in the chat. That might be an interesting one. Yeah, that's a hell of a card, and that one might definitely be worth exploring. You know, that there's one, a lot that one's of from Marshall. Games. Good idea. Yeah, I mean, Marshall. yeah, like if you don't kill a run, like I can't tell you how many times I've let a Runaway Steamkin live after turn two, and my win percentage goes down by like seventy points. Yeah. I, what about Idolon of the Great? Like just going back to I, like still playing Idolon of the Great Earl is fine. We don't got to be chunky with it. We can be really low to the ground red, bunch of prowls creatures, you know. And then like Frosson is just your three drop, and your two drops are what take the pressure off of Frosson because your two drops are so good that if your opponent doesn't kill them, they fucking die next turn. Like they're dead on three if they don't kill it. Robber the Rich is a cool one, too. Yeah, that one's sweet. You know, I actually was, like, messing around with some ideas. If you think that some of these cards are good, and, like, I wonder if some of the decks that weren't good enough before this might be good enough now. Like, you know, like, is is, is it Phoenix a possibility to be played in this format, and do you just splash green in it for Uro if you can make the mana work now? You know, because I was thinking, like, I kind of was on the same line as Todd, where I wanted to play really powerful two drops, and I was like, "What's the deck that's had some really powerful two drops?" And Young Pyromancer and Thing in the Ice are both very scary two drops for a lot of decks to deal with, you know. And um, maybe not uh, Thing in the Ice as much lately because you know, yes, yeah, Thing sucks in Pioneer. But yeah, it Young Pyromancer sucks, right? has been good in that deck before. I I don't think you're gonna Uro in that deck because you're gonna Treasure Cruise instead. Yeah, you're probably you right. You can't support both, but that's a deck that that could be good, you know. If the format is more like low to the ground aggro and then mid range and control, that's the kind of format that Is It Phoenix works well against because it has these recursive threats against the control decks. It has cheap removal against aggro. It you know has built in card advantage uh, in all of those matchups. Um, yeah, I mean you played it a shitload in modern, right? Like your bad matchups were the combo decks that ignored you. And your yeah. good matchups were creature-based decks where all your removal got turned on, or fair decks where your opponent had a bunch of removal that did shit all against your fucking Arclight Phoenixes. Yeah, the fact that you if, just Arclight them every turn. Yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, you can keep abrupt decaying my thing. You know, you can keep terroring my thing. I don't care. Like, it's, it's going to attack you If they their again. removal with, big, with bigger threats, like, you know, Tarmogoyf and Death Shadow could be tough to deal with. Um, you know, if the, those decks could be built in a way that was good against you, uh, but as long as you were able to deal with those big threats and you obviously like brought in answers for them, like, those matchups were pretty easy. But yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, so, maybe we just play Sprite Dragon and we just get like, we just like lean into this deck. We go like Young Pyromancer, Sprite Dragon, Arclight Phoenix, go. Okay, you know? hear me out. Mono Red Prowess, Splashing Blue for Sprite Dragon, Top Set for Ocidon. Thoughts? Hmm. Hmm. Sprite Dragon's a must kill. If they don't kill that thing, they are dead. You get to play yeah. Steamkin too. If they don't kill that, they are. Say it with me. Dead. Dead. <laughs> How do you spell that? How do you spell dead? Is it like D E D D D dash A H A A H dead? Dead. All right. All right. Cool. I like that. I had to see it. I had to see it in my mind to get it right. Okay. I like it. So I think the overall thing that I'm the most excited about, and I'm kind of hearing from everybody, is the format feels new again, right? Like it feels like it did in the first month or two that we had it. And, yeah, we're going to have best decks. That's just the way magic works. Like, the format yeah. is going to get down to the point where there's like, oh, there's these de decks. But the thing is, is if some of those best decks are control decks, mid-range decks, or aggro decks, it still leaves room for innovation on the side, right? Like, you still have tier two decks that can come up and be good. When it's oppressive combo deck after combo deck, I think it kind of squeezes that out a little bit more than, than, the, the, yeah, than the, the format that I, I mentioned earlier. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about seeing... 
you know, one of the tournaments fire this weekend. God, for, please make them fire and have cool deck lists. <laughs> and see, looking at the top 16 and seeing nine different decks, you know, 10 different decks. You know, I want, I want to see that. I want to see new stuff. I want to see new cards get played in Pioneer, right? Like, I want to see cards that that I've got in my in my bulk over here, you know, because I like like Ross, I'm a pack rat, I just have all my stuff f- from forever, you know. And I'm super excited about it because here's the thing: if the format does get a little bit better, we do get uh, Pioneer Masters later this year, and I'm assuming because that's happening on Arena, and I'm assuming that maybe new cards or reprints happen in it, and then that gets ported into Pioneer. Right? Like, maybe they finally give us the lands we've been asking for since day one. Like, it doesn't make sense to have fast lands in some of the colors and not in the others. You know, like... I mean, I agree to an extent. Like, having perfect mana in a format, I think, actually makes it a little more boring. Like, I like the enemy color decks right now, as far as aggressive strategies are concerned. Just get a free dual land. Like, you get Concealed Courtyard if you want to be a black-white deck. I think that's pretty cool. But, like, if you want to be be green-white, like a traditional allied color strategy, you know, like, green has Llanowar Elves. So having an untapped green source on one should be harder. Like, you know, I don't think that every color combination should be able to play a turn one Llanowar Elves, like super consistently i think i like the punishment of mana confluence i like that the the allied lands are like the reveal ones do i want the all the fast lands because i'm personally greedy and i love them yes because i like the fact that they usually go in aggro decks like they're super good for aggro decks or just decks that kind of cap out at the three mana cost and i think that like you can have a lot of variable casting cost stuff that you can play early off of those lands and then as the game progresses later like they get better like tireless tracker for example you know um, right oh now, man, like, I, I forgot that card is still legal. I forgot that card is still legal in this format, by the way. Like, Tireless Tracker, Tracker is still legal in this yeah, format. It's, it's a, a big part of the Soltai decks. Yeah, but like, Soltai f- like, fell off the face of the earth. You know, people weren't playing it. It's expensive as hell on Magic Online, so like, you can't rent the deck. But like, that card just got unbanned too. Like, that is going to be a big player in this format if we start getting, you know, super grindy in some of these matchups. Like, Uro alongside. Tireless Tracker, that's a nightmare to try to grind through. And I'm not going to lie, like, I'm excited about the possibility of Control being playable again, because here's the thing, if the format goes this way and you start casting four and five drops, you know what you get to start casting after that? A six Gear drop, Hulk. right? Torrential <laughs> Gear Hulk, baby, let's go. I've been waiting. Okay, Tannen, people are never going to start casting Torrential Gear Hulk. I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry that this format got made two months after... Uh, or a month after Mystical Dispute was printed, because I'm I'm sure Torrential Gear Hulk would have been playable in a pre-Mystical Dispute era, but it's just not happening with Mystical Dispute around. You can't play your six-mana creature into their one-mana counterspell and expect to have any amount of success. Can we just you, get rid of all of the cards? Like, Do you know what instant speed threat you're tapping out for in your control deck? It's Shark Typhoon. Yeah. You're just, shark, you're I mean, just you're sharking right. people. So right. Shark Typhoon and Azari's Control, that's a thing. You can Ross, do that. Ross, my head says you're right, but my heart doesn't want to believe you, okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but Torrential Gear Hulk is just not a playable card in a Mystical Dispute world. Uh, all right. What if you always side it out because no one plays Mystical Dispute main deck anymore? I mean, but it's just a waste of space, It's really then. good game one. Is it a waste of space, though, or is it completely outrageous in game one? Like, it's, it's just, like, a super good card. I you don't even think it's it that the- outrageous. I mean, it's pretty sweet when you're casting Dig Through Time with it. Yeah, Dig Through Time, or, Sublime or, Epiphany. Yeah, I mean, There's, Sublime Epiphany is like way overkill. Com- yeah, but I want to do it. Let me do it. Did you yeah. see when uh, when Spike was playing that Simic Reclamation deck with Torrential Hulk and Sublime Epiphany? Yeah, it seems great. It seems like really broken. Yeah, like, he, awesome. 
he sublime so he he cast one from his hand an epiphany and then it countering can. a spell and drawing a card and copying his gear hulk and then copy the epiphany in the graveyard or targeted the epiphany in the graveyard now with the copy of the gear hulk and then made another gear hulk and drew another card and then copied another like a dig through time with it and then dug after it it was just one of the most disgusting value trains i've ever seen so uh real quick aside i forgot to take a picture of it but i got to do the full sublime epiphany on arena the other day in the limited game Ooh. literally just, just even like got even got notes. a trigger Counter to spell, got a trigger, everything. It was it was amazing. I'm gonna take the picture because the because the way it works on Arena, it's not like MTGO where the little drop down comes down. And you have to choose which one. All of the options pop up on the screen, and you have to like click them all one by one or whatever. So like I had never had a Sublime Epiphany where like the whole screen pops up, all five little little boxes, and I was like achievement. It's like you're talking about Halo, unlocked. yeah, the little Xbox thing, bring it or whatever. It's like achievement unlocked or whatever. So finish the fight. Su- yeah, super ready for that. Just make them concede. My opponent conceded immediately when the spell hit the stack. Like, everyone likes to talk about what would happen after you, like, Sublime Epiphany, a Torrential Gearhulk. And my response is always just nothing. Your opponent will concede on the spot because the game is well over. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. GG. All right. Uh, before we get too far into the episode, I'll make sure that we get all this done. We had quite a bit of mailbag submission today, kind of understandable. And uh, yeah. we, I, I, I did kind of gloss over something that people have been asking for in the chat. It's the second question on the mailbag stuff. So we'll, we'll get there in just a minute. But the first mailbag question is from Fuzzy Dan, and it's non-magic related. So these are always fun. Um, PB&J's, ideal ratio of peanut butter to jelly, preferred bread, options on grilling them similar to grilled cheese. Okay, uh, I'll answer first. I've never grilled a PB&J before. That in, intrigues me. I'm not sure. You know, what's going on? Um, I do like... I don't have a preferred bread, though I do usually go to, like, more, like, healthier bread. But I do like the bread firm, but not, like, fully toasted. You know what I mean? I don't like it burnt. But I don't like soggy bread, especially when I'm eating, like, PB&J because, like, it gets really soggy. I don't like it messy. Um, uh, Ratio for me, more peanut butter than jelly because I like it to accentuate the peanut butter. I don't like it to, like, ooze out of it. I don't like that texture kind of thing. And I prefer crunchy peanut butter most of the time. So, all right, Todd, what you got? You might have just said the worst thing I've ever heard. I yeah, whatever. Like crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, Yo, what is wrong with you? I like crunchy peanut butter. I like normal, too, but... Okay, listen, listen, listen. listen. I, eat, I eat peanut uh, butter a lot with bananas, and I like crunchy peanut butter with bananas. Do you get your steak well done? I get it rare or medium rare. I don't like yeah. blue. Do you know why you get it rare or medium rare? Because it tastes better. No, that's not it. It's not about taste. It's about texture. Well, yeah. Texture is what matters the most in steak that's why people want it medium or medium rare or rare because you maintain the texture like the very sinewy uh you know like pull i guess or or tear that you get when you when you go into a steak when you overcook it all the moisture goes out of it and then the texture becomes like kind of tough the difference between crunchy peanut butter and smooth peanut butter for me is the difference between a well-done steak and a medium rare steak that's cooked I, perfectly. I think you're overdoing it a little bit here. You're overselling it, but sure. I mean, I just want to say, uh, Mr. Donald Trump likes the steaks well done, and he probably also likes crunchy peanut butter. So I'm gonna say. Okay, sure. If, if so, <laughs> can you I, I the, understand. Can you that, answer like, the question? Hold on, hold on, Ross. Oh, hold on. okay. Uh, wheat bread, two to one peanut butter over jelly. Uh, I had two two last night. Callie made me two two peanut butter jellies. <laughs> so nice. I, I, 
I've eaten them very recently. Okay. Uh, two, two to one ratio, wheat bread, not toasted. I have had them toasted before in the past, and they're fine toasted, but the texture of toasted bread with the peanut butter and jelly to me just doesn't really make sense. It's just okay. Like, I can get that. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna add one little piece to it for you because I because some I, I've got some fond memories of you doing this with sandwiches. What would be your ideal filling in a sandwich where the two slices of bread and sandwiches are peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Oh, like Nutella. what was the Nutella? Nutella. Okay, that's yeah. a really good answer. Actually, that sounds yeah. really good. Uh, for there's a small story. I'm gonna give a small story. Todd and I are going to an event, and I think I think we're in Rhode Island at this point for a GP a million years ago. And we stopped at this restaurant where, like, people were like, hey, if you just want a good burger, this is the best burger place. And they give you this sheet of paper, and it has, like, a hundred options on it, right? You know, like, ten different buns, ten different meats, like, blah, 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 this, 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 right? But at the very end, it says, check if you want it fatty style, right? Yep. I think that's what it was called, fatty style. Yep. And they don't, they don't tell you what it is. And it's, like, it was expensive, right? And we were like... What the fuck is fatty? It was like style? seven more dollars or something. It was like right. for a bur- it was like almost double the price. Just so, so you know. We're all looking at it and I just go, what the fuck is fatty style? And everybody goes, I don't know, you want to ask her? And Todd goes, Nope, and just checks it. And he's like, Yeah, I'm doing it, right? <laughs> he's just like, I'm fucking doing it, right? And so I'm guessing it was deep fried. And so no, hold on, we're getting there. And so we all bet on what it was gonna be, and we none of us got it right. But Todd's burger showed up without a bun. The bun was two grilled cheese sandwiches. And I have a picture of him just like taking a freaking like oomph out of it yeah, or whatever. It was, it. I kind of regret not getting it, but I think I like clogged an artery just looking at it. All right, Ross, yeah. your, your answer to the BB&J sandwich. Okay. So I'll preface this by saying, I don't think I've had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in 20 years because I think I ate one for lunch every single day of fourth grade. And from that year on, just like couldn't eat them anymore. I've just had too many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, but I will say this crunchy peanut butter. I understand that you're trying to create textural contrast, which under most circumstances is a good thing. Uh, but under this one is not, it's just not, it's just not good. Okay. It's not where I want contrast. It's cool. cool. Nobody's perfect. When you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you should be getting the contrast in texture from the bread by toasting your bread appropriately. Fair Fair enough. You should be using plain white bread on your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We're not, we're making a PB and J. We're not trying to get fancy. You can use wheat bread if you want to, but just like, you know, normal fucking bread, right? It's not very good for you, but it is what you want on your PB and J. And I know most people say they want a little bit more peanut butter and jelly. I'm not a huge peanut butter fan. Even when I was eating tons of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I'm more 50, 50, but the jelly that you use should be really good. And ideally, it shouldn't be jelly at all. It should be jam. So it should be a peanut butter and jam sandwich. Sure. You just, you pedantic fuck. All right. Hey, real quick. There's, does anyone in the chat know the difference between jelly and jam? I, there's a really bad inappropriate joke in here somewhere, and I'm not going to make it. Oh, it's yeah. it's very no, obvious. We no, Ross, you're not allowed to answer. You're not allowed to answer. Anyway, I, Ross, what, I what's know. your answer to the question of what would your filling be if you had the bread be two different PBJ sandwiches. Though I do think I do think Todd's answer was just correct. What would you So the be? so clearly uh, grilling a PBJ is good. I want to get that out of the way because that was the last part of the original question. Uh yeah, that, that sounds great. You should do that. Um if you were uh, d- shouldn't the filling just be more peanut butter and jelly? Dude, like, dude, what come else? on. Have some imagination. This is why I called you white bread. This is why you like bad decks Ye- and boring stuff. Come on. You ju- just simple flavors and do it well. Just That's get the some most nice boring answer of all time, Ross. <laughs> what else are you filling it with? 
Nutella was like a great answer. Yeah, like a, a burger. Uh, you know, yeah, a burger. Any, yeah, like any Ugh, like some some boring. fun thing, dude. I don't know. Freaking hummus. I don't, who cares? Just yeah, say say something good. that's not more peanut butter and jelly. Like some people like pickles. Put a pickle in there. Ew! Just, you, no! Just mix up Never your, pickles. Mix Devin. up your your jelly pickles. flavors. Get get like strawberry jam on the outside, and maybe a little blueberry or blackberry on the inside. Okay, I can see that. Like a, a contrasting jam for the yeah. jelly. Like that sounds good too. You could even look, you could look. even do orange Here and strawberry. Go. Get some orange marmalade in go. there. Other great answers: bacon and bananas. That sounds amazing. That's a fucking well, Elvis heart attack. Right clearly, there. I'm That's not going to say yeah. bacon tannin. Well, yeah, you okay. dude, have, you can have plant based bacon. That's Ross, actually pretty decent. Yeah. Also, Ross, you like meat. You don't eat meat because of uh, like yeah, ethical morality, reasons. ethical, ethical, ethical reasons. So like Ooh, ice cream in the middle. That's a good answer. Ice cream. You got a deep. You got a deep oh, fry. If it's toasted, if the yeah, if the bread is no, like not toasted. toasted. Deep. You deep fry oh, the outside Monte sandwiches. Um, a PB Monte Cristo with ice cream in between. Holy shit! There we go. My head just exploded. By the Dusted way. and powdered sugar. I might be going to the. I might be going to the uh, grocery store tonight. I might burn my damn kitchen down <laughs> with all this stuff. All right. Make sure, make, Tannen, when you assemble the sandwich, make sure you freeze it for like an hour before you fry it, and okay. then it solidifies. I, it'll hold together in the fryer. Sandwich. I have an air fryer. I don't know what air fryer. I don't even know what it is. Honestly, I don't know. You should look into an air fryer. It'll change your life. You're gonna fucking love Buy it. Buy a gallon of oil and deep fry it. You piece of shit. <laughs> I am in the south. <laughs> I probably. Do you, do, do you and or your wife have a cast iron skillet? Yeah. No, okay, we're not pan frying this. Deep fry. Get a no, giant pot. No. Deep fry. Todd, I'm a southern boy. Of course I got a cast iron skillet. Let's go. Maybe I, pressure I fry it. I don't know. All right. Maybe that's what air frying sandwich. is. Hmm? Fuzzy Dan, thank you for this question. This was great. Like, super great question for the cast. Love the non-magic related ones just as much as the other ones. But still, great stuff, especially with Todd being here. All right, Todd, here's a question everybody was waiting Ooh. for. You <laughs> could fill a peanut butter and jelly sandwich sandwich with mascarpone cheese. That would be good. Oh, that That's awesome. Sound that sounds really good, too. That yeah. sounds really, really good. All right. Uh, this is from Cody, Abzan Battle Priest. Is Chunky Red back, Todd? Todd, please tell me it is. Uh, I certainly hope so. I, I, my first foray today, I went two, three, but I lost to Bant Spirits once or twice, I think maybe actually. And I think that Bant Spirits is super good. My other loss was like me conceding a half a turn too early because I was just like, ah, I think I'm dead. And then the top, I was just like, I wonder if the top card's lightning strike. And I just like clicked the, <laughs> the draw card after the match it was and it was lightning strike. Whoops. And someone in chat says, uh, that was like a little too tight concession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. A little too tight. Uh, I, I hope it's back. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of formats where Glorybringer is playable. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that card being a viable option. I think it's a good sign of a healthy format. Yeah. Uh, Raven Agreed. Christ, I guess, was the name of this person uh, for the next one. Um, so here's the real question. Why did we have to wait three weeks for Wizards to finally bite the bullet and emergency ban all the combo decks? Was the time really necessary? Ross, you want to go first? It wasn't. What was necessary was for Wizards to finally start paying attention to Pioneer again. I think they spent several you know weeks and months reacting to COVID and saying we need to pivot to Arena and really focusing on that and just leaving Pioneer on the back burner. And then after that last round of bans, they finally and they basically said like if nothing's going crazy on the stats on Moto, you know, leave it be. 
And then they finally got around to looking at what Pioneer, what was going on with the format with, you know, know, participation and all that other shit. And somebody, you know, was like, holy shit, nobody's playing Pioneer. That's a problem because I think Pioneer is still part of their long term vision for competitive magic. But they've had to make temporary adjustments because of COVID. And it just took them a while to actually start earnestly looking into the format and figuring out what the problems were. Todd, I have a theory. Todd, before you answer this one, I was going to say someone in the chat said uh, tater tots in between the PB&J sandwiches, and that also sounds pretty good. So, nah, all right, go ahead. We'll, it. What was your, what uh, are, you, are you not a salty sweet guy, Todd? I love salty sweet. Uh, it depends good. on the – I just think the tater tots – and anyway, I'm not going to get into it. I'll, I'll answer that after I answer <laughs> this thing because I don't want to – I made some potato pancakes it. like a month ago the, oh, with some fucking. red pepper jelly. It was great. <laughs> okay. Did you miss this, Todd? I do actually. I really miss. I really miss hanging out with Ross, dude. I've been hanging out with you like every day. So yeah, yeah. I'm um, sick of you. <laughs> um, okay. So so these potato pancakes. <laughs> so that okay. so they un, so they unbanned unbanned oath of Nissa, right? And I think collectively Twitter was just like, don't don't uh, so hard. Yeah. Like why? You know, like who? No one asked for this. We all asked for Inverter to be banned. We wanted like maybe some more meaningful actions to happen or whatever. And, like, their response was just so kind of nonchalant about it. And then, like, the same day, they posted a tweet that was just like, what bands most surprised you? And, like, 4,000 people voted on it. And the Pioneer one was at, like, 65% or so, which was roughly the equivalent of 2,500 people just being like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. And, and and the biggest dunkings came at people just responding to the, like, you know, percentage, win percentages argument they kept having with just, there are 200 people in your league and no one fires these events. Like, these events on the weekends on Magic Online don't fire. Where are you even getting your information from? You have 200 people in the leagues. That's not, like, a good sample size for anything. Yeah, of course, of course, fucking... Uh, you know, Joe Blow 420 is going to like 501 out of 30 times with his like dumpster fire deck. You know, oh, the format's healthy. You see this 5-0? No, I didn't see this 5-0. <laughs> yeah. so I'm not playing your fucking format because it fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm so glad you answered this question. Uh, I agree with you too. I'm not going to add any more. All right. Dungeon Master asks, in abs- is absent scales viable? Or is staying two colors better? Uh, which is better, green, white, or green, black? I-, I hate to say this. I don't think the deck's viable, period, anymore, losing Walking Ballista. I think that's a deck that really actually took a, like, just took it on the chin yes. with the spanning. But you just lost your best card with, like, the, the the most reach, like, the most versatile card in your deck. And I would not I would not try it. I would not yeah. try to build that deck again. Like I would not. I, so my one idea for a scales deck would be to try to build around Venerated Loxodon and may, just make it a pure aggro deck. Okay. Just lots of cheap creatures, you know, four chamber sentry, four stone coil serpent, probably servant of the scale. I think you have to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you know, it, it, you have to drastically re envision the deck at this point. You know, as far as where that vision goes, I think Abzan is possible. And I would very much try to be Golgari if I could, because the mana is way better that way. But it does not appear to me, at least, that the cards exist to be the Golgari deck because Golgari is always going to be a little bit more interactive and walking ballista is super important when you're trying to be interactive and you're trying to be uninteractive. You can move towards white. I don't know what other options you get in, in white. Maybe you want like dauntless bodyguard to protect your conclave mentor or something. 
but Abzan would be awkward for that lockdown build because you have a bunch of two drops you want to be playing. Um, so I, I guess you can also just play like Experiment One and uh, and Pelt Collector as your other one drops and be gr like Mono Green Splash White for Mentor and Loxodon. Maybe that's workable, uh, but I, I haven't looked into it. And I, I agree with Todd that like I would not be excited to be working on scales right now. No, not at all. It's, all it's right. one of these subtle big losers. I'm just gonna, I mean, like losing Walker Bliss is huge, man. Like it, the reason the deck even was able to exist in a format that was so combo heavy was because it actually had like a really high ceiling as far as synergy was concerned, where if you combine like three different cards together, you just create Voltron and Walking Ballista as a nine, nine or whatever on turn five is Voltron and it wins games against all the fair decks in the format. So like that aspect of your deck leaving actually, I think incentivizes you to play black green over white green because you do need interaction. If you and if you had Ballista in green white, Ballista could be your interaction. You got to overload it a little bit in the black versions because you got to free roll the the Winding Constrictor as basically your only main deck black card, and then you chose like put Fatal Push and Thought Season the sideboard or whatever. But like if you go more white, just know that you will not be able to interact, except with maybe Conclave Tribunal. That actually sounds kind of cool if you're just gonna do the whole convoke thing. I guess I don't know. All but right, I'm done. Yeah, next question was from Spoons Hands McGee. I love, love, love the name. All right, when reading today's banning, which was the first card that jumped into your head that you were looking forward to explore? Glorbringer. All right, nice. I kind of expected that answer from you. Sea Drino. Is that okay? We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get to that one in a second. Stitcher's supplier. Stitcher's supplier. Okay. These are both very on-brand <laughs> answers. I'm just so saying a Sultai branch card. Gri <laughs> I, I could have said Grizzly Salvage. Dude, I forgot how much Ross fucking sucks sometimes. <laughs> Narc Amoeba. How is that your answer, Ross? What the fuck? Just say Size a normal amalgam. card. Just say, like, just say any normal card. Not <laughs> God damn it. What? Stitcher Supplier is a great card. Todd, it is. Todd, you just broke me. I'm, like, crying over here. Say a normal fucking card. <laughs> All right, name a normal. Just name name a normal card is, that you're excited about. What is to play what is a normal card? I don't what know. Sword Sword supplier has never done anything fair or normal. That card yeah. is not there to be a but one one. If you yeah. were in, if you were in Hogak or Ironworks, you don't count. Like you yeah. just don't get to count anymore. Like, you're Everyone's not... trying to play fair. I'm gonna try to play unfair. Nobody's expecting anybody to play unfair. It's the best time to play unfair. Mm, that's 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 fair. My my other answer is Ugin the Spirit Dragon. That's actually that count? a good answer, dude. I like that go. answer a lot. Eugene like S. Dragon, Eugene. attorney of law. Did you know that um, um, my nickname when I was in middle school was Todd Eugene Ledbetter Anderson? Uh, I did not. Yeah, it's because it's stupid, and it was a stupid old man who gave me that nickname. I, I was ready for you to say, yeah, that's because I just made that up, and it's not true. <laughs> no, it's true. Alright, um, I don't have like a specific answer, but I was thinking more along the lines of like the mid-range to, to control things that you just couldn't do. So kind of like Todd's answer with like Glorybringer, Siege Rhino, more along the lines of... Your answer is always Torrential Gear Hulk, yeah, even though it's unplayable. Yeah, Torrential Gear Hulk, um, uh, uh, honestly Wilderness Reclamation, but not in an unfair deck, more in like a Sultai Wilderness Reclamation deck where you're just trying to do really cool things with a lot of mana. It's like you're not trying to win that turn of like Explosion. Um, yeah, Scarab God just got mentioned in our chat. Big fan of just stuff like that. Like, cool stuff from the past. Honestly, that or just like Arclight Phoenix, man. I, I want that thing to be a... Jeskai you know, Ascendancy. 
Yeah, you keep wanting to make that happen, and you just keep trying and losing a lot. So we'll see. All right. Uh, Brent, our wonderful editor, actually had two a two part question in here, and uh, I, I like this one. And this is gonna we're gonna need to have some zingers in here for this one. Todd, you can go first, or you can pass this one to Ross. Okay, pass. <laughs> All right, Ross, you're going first. What is your most unpopular magic opinion? Is it play more lands? My most unpopular. I mean, yeah. isn't it just combo decks are great? You're thinking maybe. I will say you're thinking too deep into this if you, if you don't have an answer. I, th I think combo decks are great is probably my most unpopular magic opinion. Okay. Do you want me to go uh, second, uh, Todd? E yeah, either that or fetch lands are the biggest mistake in the history of magic. I was going to say fetch lands are a mistake. Fetch lands are a not, mistake. That is not an unpopular opinion, yeah. dude. All right, ah, sure. A lot of people love fetch lands. And a lot of people are really stupid, Ross. I mean, like you've seen the news. <laughs> They're also like old, old card frame better than new card frame. A lot of people now prefer the new card frame. Uh, yeah, mm. Old card frame is better. Like, everyone at the time hated it, and that like now people just like it because obviously, like it does some things that are better. But uh, just it's so boxy. Why are there boxes for everything? The new one or the old one? The new card frame. Oh, uh, I okay. don't know. Look at everything is like in a box. What? Aren't all the old ones in a box? Like literally, it's just two boxes on top of each other. Isn't that the no, thing? no, no? Let me see if I can find an, an old framed. Oh, look, my walking ballistas. Nice. Nice fucking coaster you got there, idiot. So good modern. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. And legacy, shit. Yeah, oh, fine. Yeah, see, okay. Look, look how much less boxy that is. I can't see. Your, your thing's you know, not working no more. To speak end. of something that's less boxy, like when I look at you and then I look at Todd, Todd is significantly less boxy because he's less of a fucking square. How about that? <laughs> Dude, I love it. I got Tana to dunk on Ross. It was super easy. It was a really bad one, but still, it was pretty great. Anyway, uh, do you have an unpopular magic opinion, uh, Todd? Um, I have a couple that I don't really want to share. All right, don't don't share it then. We'll go to the second part of the question. All right, number two: Is there a card that is often a deck that just that is often in a deck that just pisses you off? For me, it's Renin Six in Red Green Ponza and Modern. Oh yeah, that it's not good in that deck. I mean, I think people just play it because it's a good card, but it doesn't really do anything that the deck's trying to do. Um, uh, for me, actually, I'll, 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 let me let me go back to the previous question. Sure, I want to sure. I want to answer. Um, my my answer for now, because you brought up the Ponza thing, is that I don't think that land destruction is bad for Magic. I think land destruction is actually good for Magic. I okay. think that that is a very unpopular opinion and one that very few people hold. I could see it. I can see it. We're, I played we're some a, LD we're decks in, in my day. The one, two, and three drops are a lot more powerful than they used to be in the yeah. back day, and you weren't trying yeah, to cast six drops to win the game. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I also just completely fucking murder people with plow under and, and cube or whatever. So I, like, God, it's I still obviously it's still good. Like when everyone's cards are very powerful, like one, two, and three drops, I still destroy them with plow under. But like you know, like pillage, pillage is such an amazing card. Like it's I something that, that I I really underrated it when I was younger. And I didn't get it back until recently because it just wasn't good in any format. But when they reprinted it in, 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 in uh, Modern Horizons last year, like it just makes so much sense as a split card that handles troublesome lands or artifacts. And in a format like Modern that just has good artifacts running rampant all the time, Pillage is just a godsend for, for like a lot of different red decks. Should just be playing Pillage, you know? Um. I'm a a few years ago, aka a decade and a half ago, I was at Gen Con and uh, Rip Gen Con, by the way. Um, I was at Gen Con and I played in a standard event. And I remember going into the finals 
um, I asked the guy, I was like, hey, I'm kind of tired, you know, even playing like all day or whatever. It was like 10 rounds or some shit. And I was like, do you want to just like split the prize and go? And he's like, no, I know what deck you're playing and I have a good matchup versus you. Let's play. And he's playing like mono blue Mimnark in standard. It was like the Tron lands or the card Mimnark. And I was playing uh, green black Death Cloud, right? Uh, and you like mean a super... Cloudy Clouds? Huh? The, the Rose, Rose Wada, is that the Twitter account that does like the translations of cards into something whatever I have, I have no idea what you're talking about but anyway uh so i'm, I'm, I'm trying to make the story not go <laughs> super long this? i'm trying to make the story not go super long and the funny part is is like my deck has death cloud plow under and like a lot of ways to ramp out stuff and eternal witness and this guy is like saying that he's got an advantage on me because he's playing like a tron deck that it, you know this is not your typical tron deck it doesn't just have tron on three you know what i mean so i was like okay and so in game two as i'm in this as i'm in like the process of two owing my opponent I cast my fifth plow under of the game, targeting one of his lands. I'm sorry, targeting one of my lands because he only has one and you have to target two just to send the fucking message of you're not going to have a permanent <laughs> leftover. And I, I and I was trying to let you get out of this, but, you know, because I wanted to go home. I wanted to go to Steak and Shake or whatever, you know, like yeah. I wanted to get out of here because I've been here freaking 12 hours or whatever. So, um, but yeah. card that just pisses me off. One of the ones for me, I played a lot of Bant Eldrazi when that deck was very good and modern and had a couple of really good finishes with it. And I could not, for the life of me, wonder how anyone ever cast the card Mattery Shaper out of the deck and thought it was okay. It was fucking off on the deck, did nothing, and I cyborged it out every game in the, the ones that I played with it. And just, just worse played than Sky Spawner. Yeah, I just played Sky Spawner instead. I think you, yeah, Sky you, Spawner's lit. Yeah, I just played Sky Spawner instead. I played the Mirror like five times a tournament and crushed them every single time, right? And then even in the Mirror... Like, they would have it in game two, and I'm like, you, you just have to have a better card in your sideboard than this. Like, this card does literal nothing in this matchup, or whatever. And it was just one of those things where I was like, I don't understand how this card in your deck, it doesn't do anything. Like, no one's ever, like, played a Mattery Shaper, had it die, and, like, the trigger's going off, and you're like, you know what, that was good. Like, that felt good. It, no, it just never happened. Anybody else got a got an answer to this one? Card that just says so, you off in a deck? Go ahead. Yeah, please. anytime people put Anger of the Gods in their gruled sideboards when they were playing mana creatures because i always play decks that are bad against anger of the gods <laughs> sure and they just always get me with them like never have their creatures out somehow like i i just it just always blows one game open and i'm just like this card is so bad in your deck i want like it and you never get to see this in areas where it's bad in their draw because then they just don't cast it so it's just one of those cards where you only ever see it when it punishes you and that's what you know makes it piss you off that much um, but it just never really makes sense in those decks. It's a little bit better in the current Gruul deck because they play Utopia Sprawl too. So you can like sprawl into anger and then start playing your things, but it still does not strike me as very good. Yeah. I got a really good one. Sure. Every time I play a deck with green and I'm like building or whatever, or, or fucking around with it, the card that gets suggested to me the most of any magic card that exists is questing beast. <laughs> That card is fucking bad. It has so much text on it. I say it has it so much is, text, though. It's so fucking bad. Like, people are like, oh, you're playing Mono Green Devotion. Obviously, you want this four mana, four, four haste in your deck, right? right? Like, I know, you, I know you're trying to generate 13 mana on turn three with Nisu Who Shakes the World, and you're trying to umog people, you know? But really what you need is you need this four mana, four, four haste. Just in your life, dude. Like, get it in there. And I get it. It provides like yeah. two pips of devotion, Todd. Yes, it does. Two of them. All right, let's get to the next question because I want to get I want to get done here before midnight. All right. 
Uh, this one's from Lee McLeod. Thanks for watching, Lee. Thanks for your question. Um, Watsy, it's a long question, so let me get through this. Make sure you pay attention. Watsy is a business. They make money by selling products like booster packs. It's very clear this has influenced ban announcement by making Watsy very reluctant to ban imprint rare slash mythics when they are very at fault. Examples, Oko, once upon a time. Do you think this is necessary evil because Watsy is a business or something they should get over? What is the cost analysis between letting players open cards that are still legal and, uh, and souring player experience by letting cards that should be banned remain legal? Do you think this applies to any other car to any cards currently in print that is dodging bans? Um, I think it does apply to certain cards, maybe Oko in general. You know, like that card seems pretty damn oppressive and, and good. Um, I do think that there is a correlation through this. I, I think they want to avoid as much as possible packs that are actively on every counter in every LGS in America, in, in the world or whatever, every Magic LGS, right? They don't want you to open a pack and have your rare or mythic be a card that you can't play. Like, how would you feel right now if you bought a pack and you just opened Oko? Like, you're like, this card's only legal in Legacy where I need a $10,000 deck to play. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they wait until, like, the next set is almost out, usually before they ban anything, even when it's, like, very clearly a problem right away. And I think a lot of that is actually just a hope that the format's able to adjust and people are able to have different strategies that can counter this and, and yada yada. But, the, but the, the fact of the matter is they've just pushed the fucking envelope far too much over the last couple of years, and it's just led to a bunch of overly powerful cards and not even just in the, the traditional sense the card once upon a time is such an egregious error that was immediate to anyone who cast the card one time you cast the card on the first turn one time and you understand that if you're playing a mono green deck it's just land of war elves it's just the four more land of war elves or you get to keep a one, like a no lander or a one lander if you have a bunch of land worlds or, or, what, or whatever, or a gilded goose. Or, you know, it just doesn't matter. It's literally just like the most like mind-blowing free card. Like it's it's way, it's just better than Gataxian Probe, I think. Like for, for what it did to Monogreen Devotion and Pioneer, it turned it single-handedly into one of the most fucked up and consistent decks I've ever played. And you almost never get both of those things together. Never. And, and when they make a card like that, it's just really kind of baffling to me why they would, like, see see people's reaction to this card, even though it's new or interesting or whatever, like, and not understand that, like, they should just ban it immediately because it's it homogenizes the format and kind of just ruins everyone's play experience because everyone's play experience becomes exactly the same. And, 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 and I hope at some point they do maybe change their mentality. It is a huge feel-bad to open a card that's banned in Standard. Personally, I hate having to ban stuff, in, especially in Standard. But it's like it's necessary because of how they've chosen to approach making the game. Uh, it's very obvious that Watsi is reticent to ban cards that are in imprint packs. You know, very obvious. They definitely do that, and that is not going to change. That's always going to be a variable in their decision, because as you said, they're a business that exists to make money. So the only way you're going to change that is by not living in a world where businesses exist to make money. So if you have a problem with that, you know what the solution is. <laughs> sure, sure, sure do. All right, marks. I, uh, I want to, I want to. Someone just Brendan Gander just sent me a picture, and I want to read what the picture says to us. It says to us. All right, standard cards banned from 2006 to 2016. Guess how many? Thirty-two. The answer is two. Oh, two. I'm sorry. I thought. From, yeah. No, sure. 2006 to 2016. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stoneforge Stone Stone and Jace. Jace. 
Can you and Stone guess? Forge wasn't universally banned. Yeah. Can you guess how many cards have been banned from 2016 till now in standard? Twelve-ish. Twelve-ish. No, it, I'm guessing like 22 or something. Just outrageous. It's, it's 20. So 10 times as many in three years versus a decade. That is a lot. And there's some funny ones on here too, like Rampaging Ferocidon, just chilling on this on this list or whatever. But anyway, all right, we got a, a couple a couple more questions. Uh, Kion, I guess they wrote this. They asked, uh, and this one got a lot of reactions in the chat as well. Uh, just join, so you can lie to me. But Rhino is tier one, right? Right? Right, guys. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the, sure. the first part of your sentence to heart. Yeah, it's it's really good, and it's gonna be the the, the best card in the format. Okay, I four one today with a Abzan Cedrino deck. Yeah, there you and go. It was and it was really fun and it was pretty good. I had two copies of Elder Gargaroth in my main deck. Yeah. That card was sweet. I that hate it. Box. Like I kind of hate it. How many copies of Abzan Charm did you have? Uh, I had one for a while and I trimmed it because I played um, Kalidus and I also played. Uh... Oh crap! There's another card in my deck that like. Mattered if the creature got exiled or went to the graveyard. Oh, Chevelle. I had Chevelle in my deck. Interesting. Yeah, it was sweet. Chevelle was lit, dude. That card's awesome. <laughs> All right, we got one last question. Uh, Spoons Hands McGee with another one here. This is, this is a funny one. All right. If you turned down a dark alley and you see Todd Super Saiyan screaming like he did on the stream today, how quickly would you get out of that alley? Uh, Todd, you're going to answer this one last because I want to hear your answer to see it yourself. Ross, what's your answer? I do you, do you know what the Super Saiyan screaming than I is? Ever, I was there watching the stream okay. when this happened. And I would move faster than you have ever seen me move in my entire life. Uh, um, I think my answer is, I don't know. I, I don't know how I'd react in the moment because I would just be like intrigued, um, surprised, probably a little scared. I might have a little pee come out. You know, um, I don't know. I would just look at it and just be like, what, what, Todd, what do you do? Do I know Todd? You know, is this is like a, like a random, like if I didn't know Todd and Todd just, you know, go, ah, like, you know, going nuts. I mean, I don't know. I think I'd be like terrified, but also intrigued. Todd, what would your answer be if you saw this? I would give him all of my spirit energy. <laughs> okay. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. All right, all right, and that is it for our questions for the stream tonight. It's just for everybody at home and anyone on the uh, Twitch channel today. If you're ever uh, wanting to get your questions read on air, uh, be it on the video or when we're recording the show like we normally do, just audio, uh, it's very easy. You just become a patron of the show, and we have a little section in there just for mailbag section um, submission, just for the people who are patrons. It's one of our little ways of saying saying thank you. Um, I think that's going to kind of start to wrap up our show for this week. We got a little few more things to talk about. Um, anybody, you know, this has been a good episode. I think it's been cathartic. I think it's been happy, I think, for all of us. And it's it's been nice to have a positive thing to talk about, right? After the last four or five episodes have just been kind of like, I feel like we've been walking down the aisle with the, like, with the casket with Pioneer in it. You know, like, we're, we're carrying it to, to the grave. And like now everybody's like, hold on, hold on, I heard, I heard it. There, there was some noise. And like they opened it up and it, it's still breathing. You know, the heart's still beating. So I'm, I'm a little excited. Um, yeah, I mean, it really is the most exciting time we've had for Pioneer since November, right? And uh, these, you know, coming weeks are hopefully going to be um, really interesting in terms of the results that we get. Uh, I, you know, we're going to have a lot to talk about here on the podcast, which is going to be great. And 
Uh, I'm kind of laughing because normally we think of August as sort of the the driest month for magic in the on the calendar. You know, December is usually short because nobody does stuff around the holidays. Uh, but August is like a full month where almost nothing happens. Like standard is stale. We're just waiting for PV season for the rotation to start, and there's not a lot of tournaments. And uh, you know, it's usually very slow, both for tournaments and content. And we're gonna have probably the busiest month of August in Magic in over a decade, with SCG Tour Online happening and you know arena stuff happening. We just had the arena open to kick off the month. And, uh, you know, now a reinvigorated Pioneer with super qualifiers for both it and modern. It really is going to be a great month. And I'm glad that Pioneer is now going to be back because it felt like, like, you know, I either had to play standard or modern for the last three months. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to just shit on the elephant in the room or whatever. Y'all were going to change your podcast. Oh, right? for sure. Like, yeah, you know, we were yeah. talking about rebranding quite a bit. And now you just don't have to. Right. Well, we hope yeah. not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, at least at least until they fucking print the next set and like four cards break the format again or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we have at least a month of fun. I want to be very clear. Theros Beyond Death ruined a lot of formats, right? Like th there's a lot of fucked up cards in there and when they printed that set, it broke Pioneer and they didn't do anything about it for 6 months. And then yeah, I mean the companion thing was like a blip on the radar, but like if we have another set like that, Pioneer could go down a dark hallway you know but right now we're we're looking we're literally at the end of the dark tunnel man i just the sun is shining on my face i had such an incredible day today not only did i have probably top five streams that i've ever had in my entire life as far as chat engagement viewership fun excitement energy but also i got to do a wonderful podcast with you two fine gentlemen and all of y'all watching at home and i just want to say thank you because you can ask Hallie. Today, I've been in fucking dumps for uh, like two months now because it's just not, I've just not had fun. I was, I was the pioneer guy, you know? And now, like, I just get to have fun again for, for, and I get to brew and I get to, I get to basically do all the stuff that I did at the beginning of the format, except like, you know, I already know a lot of stuff. So like, I get to translate that information. So like my content's better and my, uh, stream's going to be better, and my decks are going to be better, and I'm going to win a bunch of tournaments. I'm going to win a bunch of money playing Pioneer tournaments because I'm fucking incredible. Because <laughs> I'm the fucking best <laughs> around. Nothing's ever going to bring you down. Happy Todd is my favorite Todd. I'm not going to lie. I like Happy Todd, and I like Turnt Todd, like the Todd that's like bloodthirsty on Warzone. We were just like, bro, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> we're sending it, you know? Like, we're going. I'm like, yeah. Like, yes. Like, like you could see it on my I wish you could see my face that I'm playing because like I like it when you're I like it when you're happy or when you're like in that bloodthirsty mode because like I'll just be sitting there, you know, playing the game and then like you're like, Can we just can we just can we just go? And I'm like, Yeah, my dog's getting excited now too and I'm like, Yeah, like I get excited, my eyes get wide, and I'm like, let's freaking go. You know, so I, I like seeing Happy Todd, so I'm excited about that. Um, Todd, if people wanted to see Happy Todd more, see these streams you're talking about, read these articles that you're writing, if they wanted to like see you on social media, where would they go? Uh, twitch.tv slash strong underscore sad is the Twitch channel. Basically, strong underscore sad is my handle on almost everything. So if you are curious about finding my content, I don't, I have a YouTube channel that I never use. Um, I have uh, a Twitch stream that I use basically every day and I write articles for starcitygames.com. Now noted, Ross also writes for starcitygames.com. Uh, you can check out both articles there. Ross, your article should go up tomorrow, right? Yep. What's it about? 
It is about Sultai Dredge, as I've mentioned multiple times on the cast, if you're oh, paying I forget, attention. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I was, you know, somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that's all I got. Just those two things. And also, shout out to Callie Anderson. She's the best wife ever. She brought me uh, a glass of Diet Pepsi with lime and multiple glasses of water while I was sitting here because I threw out my voice today while I was screaming, going Super Saiyan on stream. It was incredible. I feel like there should be some crossover stream or episode thing of you and Corey Baumeister now. But anyway, Ross, same question. If people wanted to see more of you, hear more of you, read more of you, where would they go? Yeah. Uh, best place is my Twitter at Ross Hunneds, R-O-S-S-H-U-N-N-E-D-S. That's where best place to ask me questions. I get back to people and find updates on all my content. As Todd said, I write a weekly column for StarCityGames.com that goes up Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, so you can find it there. Then there is Versus Live, the web show I co-host twice a week with Corey Baumeister on the Star City Games Twitch channel. Same place you've been going to for that SCG Tour online coverage. We're there during the week from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Are back tomorrow? Oh, yeah. We we were on hiatus last week. We are back tomorrow. We're playing post-band standard because we had to get the show together quickly. We're going to do some post-band pioneer on Thursday. So we've got both formats that are being shaken up post bands for this week going to be a great time we take questions live from the audience uh while we're testing out these new formats you'll get all of our opinions if you can't catch us live those shows do go on the star city games youtube channel the next day used to take a few days then they get up the next day at 5 p.m eastern so about 24 hours later they're on youtube you can watch them there uh after the fact and then there is my twitch stream i'm ross underscore miriam just my name on twitch uh, I usually stream tournaments over the weekends and a little bit of testing during the week. It varies based on my schedule, but if you follow me on Twitter, you know, you'll get updated as to when I go live. Tannen, uh, yeah. if people want to hear what you do, where should they go? Uh, if they want to follow me on Twitter, I'm the Tannen Grace on Twitter. Please follow me. I, 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 I need more followers. I have so Please, few. Uh, may <laughs> I have some more followers? <laughs> I'm so low on a follower count compared to these two that it's unreal in fact uh the first time i got to triple digit followers i think i had like 30 or 40 followers on twitter and i was joking about it. i was like man i love twitter but like you know no one follows me so like why am i even tweeting todd heard me say this we were in vegas todd hears me say this and he goes i can get you over 100 followers within the next hour and i bet you a pizza and i was like sure whatever and he literally just tweeted follow tan and grace on twitter or whatever and i got like 300 followers in like seven minutes <laughs> yeah i got else. a fucking pizza that's, yeah. what I, that's what happened yeah and he got a fucking pizza easiest pizza of your life yeah, yeah i mean like i knew you i was just said on a tweet like todd asked me it i did the thing where like i go okay you know like i know that i'm like drawn dead i know that yeah. i'm dead money but, but, I was like, but you just you... wanted to see it happen yeah I was so like, well, it's I'll... also just worth like you know yeah i'll just buy pizza it's like, you know yeah. pizza pizza yeah. for todd yeah. I mean, like yeah we shared the pizza it wasn't like he got it by himself yeah I, I have no idea what we got or where it was or whatever we might have gone a secret pizza anyway um and i do have a twitch uh where i keep saying i'm planning this stream more i'm kind of feel like you for like the last year where people keep asking ross when are you gonna stream oh, like, i did that soon. for like five years yeah yeah i'll, all do, you I'll do, do it man you mm-hmm. just got to start. Like, it, yeah, that's yeah. all. You, you just got to actually well, start once. Yeah. What you do once a powerful, season. Yeah, standard. Force. Well, yeah, I've done it from time to time. Standard's more playable now, so, like, maybe I'll get into it. Um, So, we'll see. God, just put Pioneer in Arena you know, already. Y'all, y'all should actually get a... Y'all should try to get a sponsorship from, like, Manitraders. I have as, one. like, the... Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, you have I account? do not. Yep. Anyway, continue. Sorry. I was just going to say y'all should just, like... 
play a bunch of Pioneer on stream and then promote the, use it to promote the podcast. We've actually been talking about that. We're we're looking at something in the future. The problem is like lining up, you know, free time of like three hours to get together more than once a week. Besides the podcast, where Ross and I would do like F and M at home for us, and like you, you know, maybe our patrons could you know pick some matchups or be like, this week we're running this deck through the gauntlet. You know, it's going to play against like the other top four decks or whatever. Kind of like like not stealing the versus thunder versus series thunder but like you know playing some of the other formats or stuff that we want to talk about you know on win pioneer and stuff so like maybe something like that we've we've talked about that there's possibly some stuff in the future so maybe we'll have some some co-streams going in the future but um while we're on that subject can i can i i'm uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to chat for a second this is not just my chat this is your chat too uh i'm I'm about to light Tannen up so bad, he's going to close the podcast immediately after this. God, I'm this? so scared right now. Tannen just said that he has trouble finding like a three-hour thing to stream. That man plays Warzone with me every fucking day for oh, like yeah. five hours. <laughs> I, I enjoy Warzone. so much free time. Yeah, I enjoy Warzone. I'm also, I'm also working on the other screen. <laughs> A lot of the times, and can stop whenever I need to. <laughs> but yeah, every I do play day. a lot. I play a lot. Like of Warzone. every day, dude. I play. I have like I have like nine days played on Warzone. I play a lot. <laughs> I hate you, Todd. <laughs> it's very true, though. Uh, it's very, very. Uh, true. Th- okay, yeah. Right. St- Some of the chat. I can stop whenever I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking along these things, if you wanted to follow the cast itself on Twitter, we do have a Twitter. Good, good place to find all the uh, comings and goings of Pioneer, finding out when our podcasts go live or when we're going to have these live shows. Uh, I'm sorry, my dog is still very excited right now. She wants to play really bad, so I'll try to get through this quickly. Uh, the at is at cast pioneer. You may have heard us mention our discord. We have a discord of about 700 people in it right now. Super popular. Nice. Uh, lots of really cool things in there. I'm a big fan of the pets and food. Uh, sections in there. I know Todd, you have a food section on yours as well. Huge fan of these food two. Prawn. Yeah, food prawn. Yeah, I, I check it out every day, literally every day. Yeah, that's uh, is is Yeoman five in your Discord? Mm, I don't think Yeoman. He used to come in my stream all the time, uh, but uh, ever since he started streaming, not as much. Yeah. He is in. Um, stop. He is in. Um, he's in ours, and he posts his food all the time that he makes at home, and it's just mouth watering every time. We also have a chef in ours who owns his own restaurants and. His pictures are just like his everything's a 10, you know, like the food's a 10, the plating's a 10. Like it's just so good. Plus, we talk about magic and stuff in there, lots of cool stuff. We also have um, exclusive stuff in there. Like we said, we have the mailbag submission uh, section. There is a, a patron only section in there where Ross will post his deck list and sideboarding guides. And I will too whenever I play in tournaments. I haven't been lately, but maybe they'll change. Also, the patron bonus episode. Uh, section is in there where you get to ask questions where you lead the patron uh, bonus episode. That is an episode that we do about every six-ish weeks where only the patrons get to listen to it, which, by the way, uh, we've only done one of those so far. I think it went live to everyone today. So check uh, the listings wherever you go to find our episodes and back episodes. I think that one might be unlocked now for everyone else. Um, But we did record that one well over a month ago. So look for a new one sometime soon. We'll be doing that. Um, if you did want to join that Patreon and help us out monetarily, we'd really appreciate it. It's patreon.com slash pioneercast. We have a two, five, and $10 tiers. We got some cool stuff going in the future um, that we have worked out to like kind of give away to some of our followers. We have tokens. We were hesitant on sending them out recently because of A, COVID, B, you know, Todd talked about, we were talking about possibly rebranding, so we were going to have to redo them. So g- give us a few, as, as Ross shows them off on stream, we talk about every week, Ross has them on his desk sitting there ready yep. to go. They don't move. 
give us a few more weeks. We're still trying to figure everything out. We want to make sure that it's going to stay the Pioneer podcast and not change names because whenever we do that, we'll just send you both. We'll send you the old one and the new one if we were to change. But um, I would be remiss if before the end of the show, I didn't say thank you, Todd, for showing up this week. Um, there was a resounding call for you to be on the show again this week <laughs> from Twitter. Uh, everyone wanted to hear you. There was less yelling this time, which I think was great, but way more dunking on Ross from you and I. So I, I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. The, uh, here's the difference. Last time I was on, I was I screamed because instead of banning four cards, they unbanned like a nothing, right? After five months of inaction, they literally just unbanned nothing, like a thing, a random thing that was nothing, and didn't do anything to actually solve any of the problems issues. This time, I am so happy. I am so excited to play Pioneer again. I I'm on. I'm gonna be honest with y'all, like all points. I have fucking hated streaming Magic for like three months. I was like okay, like during the the companion stuff, it was I actually thought it was like way more fun than just like normal Pioneer, you know, but like, but like the the last couple months, I've just like literally switched games. Like I was just streaming Call of Duty every day, basically, and and it, I just haven't really enjoyed playing Magic. But like today, for the first time in in forever, I had fun. And I hope that it was able to come through in the podcast and the stream, and I hope it continues to do so. Oh, it absolutely did. I, I couldn't help but um, when you were talking about the first part, when you were talking about last week, and or last week, last time you were on the show, and you were like, instead of doing anything, they did like a nothing. Uh, that little that little hand-drawn thing of the guy, the weird guy with like the stick poking the thing, like, do something, and it's Watsy like poking with Nissa, like, do, do, something. do something. Do something. <laughs> Just to do something. And like the Pioneer yeah. format. And I was like, man, I, there's, there's some really good... I need to start posting memes on Twitter. I think that's how I'll get more followers, probably. Anyway. Yeah, that is indeed how you do it. Yeah, so, alright. Well, I think that's gonna about do it for us this week. For everybody who uh, came for the live episode on Twitch, I mean, we had over 400 people watching, 500 people watching. Awesome. For yeah, I think it was awesome. Thanks yeah, so much. I, I had like over 100 the whole time, too, mm-hmm. so like that that's awesome. I'm I'm really super glad for y'all. Yeah, this Sweet. was this was amazing. I'm I'm super. I, I hope we get to do this more in the future. Like I, ho- I hope this is a thing that we can do a lot more often. Yeah, you're just gonna have to start paying me though. That's the only uh, thing. I, I'm gonna send you a little something later. We'll we'll take care no, of that's something. That's fine. That's fine. I'll, look, I'll just take a pizza. <laughs> sure, I'll send you. A, I'll send you a Cali a pizza. I'll send you two, a Cali. two hours of work for a pizza. That's an easy deal for you, man. That's an easy. That's an easy deal. deal for most people. I think. I think I would take that too. I got. You know, I kind of want pizza now. Thank God you said that. I might have to get some pizza for dinner tonight. Hell yeah, I kind of want some Papa Jays, dude. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Dude, it's trash, but like you know, they deliver. I got some veggie pizza, cauliflower crust in the in the freezer. Calling my name right now, so I can't wait to get some of that. But um. Anyway, thanks for being on the show this week. Like I said, I think it was awesome. Thanks to everybody at home that uh, came me. out live. If you're listening to this in your car, headphones, at home, however you intake your, your podcast, uh, thanks for listening, and we really appreciate all the support. And uh, the Pioneer Podcast will be here again next week. I'm excited to say that. So for Ross and for Todd, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>